sometimes it's really hard to figure out what we're supposed to title these shows because we always have like, hey, this, here's the story today that, that, that matters most. And uh, we have a really big story. Eric Adams, he's uh, probably going to win the mayoral election in New York. Well, the results come in and he says, hey, something's not right with these numbers. There's like 100,000 more numbers now than there were on election night. And all of these mainstream establishment liberal and leftist journalists are going, oh, here we go. The pro pro cop Eric Adams is Trumpian. And it turns out he was right. And this, I guess the city admitted this huge error where 135,000 test votes were still included and they have to now redo the whole count. Trump, of course, is coming out puffing his chest being like, no one will ever know the results. And, uh, well, I think we will, but it's a really fascinating story. Not so much that they made this mistake. I mean, that's really important too, because if it wasn't caught, who knows what have happened, but how the media reacted to it. So that'll be fun. The other crazy thing is this, this story really tripping me out. A judge in Ohio has sentenced several men to be vaccinated. Okay, I I get it. We we want everyone to get vaccinated. I get it. But for a judge to be like, okay, sir, you've you improperly handled a firearm, so we're gonna do two years of probation and vaccination. It's like shouldn't that be for a doctor to decide, not a judge? So that's 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 just creepy weird government stuff. And uh just in the same vein. There's a funny story about Joe Biden confusing the Tuskegee Airmen with the Tuskegee syphilis experiments. And he like insinuated the, the heroic airmen were actually the guys with syphilis, which is just like, Joe, what are you doing? And then, of course, Bill Cosby was just released from prison. So we certainly got a lot to talk about tonight. And uh, we're hanging out with some good people. So actually, why don't you just introduce yourself? You just, you know, instead of me. Yeah, man, I'm uh, Ben Joseph Stewart. I was on uh, last time talking about um, the fourth turning. And um, I'm a filmmaker. I, I try to talk about stuff that most people aren't talking about, but I try and put a awesome soundtrack and sound design to it and make it more artistic and poetic. And um, yeah, man, I got lost this morning and I ended up around D.C. So here I am. Work perfect. It's like serendipity. It just works out. Yeah. I'm glad you were guided by the magnetic currents. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The birds Ian are gone, over here. Yeah, I, I had a crazy <laughs> experiment on mushrooms one time, where I was like walking around, I was lost, and I was like, "Where am I?" You know, I'm in Manhattan Beach, and then all of a sudden, I was right back where I started. And, uh, I, don't, I didn't intend to get huh. back there, but I was guided. Something guided me, or was it coincidence? No, there's no such thing. It was the mushrooms for sure. <laughs> Trust me, I'm not an expert. Well, I'm Ian right. Crossland. I, I'm, I'm also films. not an expert. <laughs> Thanks, Ben. And I'm here in the corner. I am intrigued by this retallying of the votes in the New York City mayoral race because Eric Adams is an African-American retired cop. And if this were happening in Georgia, they would be crying racism so hard. So I'm really curious what happens. We'll see what happens. It's a lot of numbers. I know. Before we get started, of course, you always I always say go to TimCast.com, become a member. Oh man, the alpha version of the site is sitting in my inbox and I have to check it, but we're here doing the show. So this is big because it means probably in the next few days, maybe next week, the full new version of the site will be up. It's going to be fantastic. We uh, we have already hired, I think, four people this past week. We've got writers, we've got production, we've got our in-house camera person. They're, they're moving out here. It's going to be a blast. Our mysteries writer, this is going to be amazing. This, this, uh, the article we have up so far, you gotta go to the site, you gotta check it out, but I know, I know, we'll get it formatted better moving forward, but let me just tell you, we got a bunch of amazing news articles popping up, because we now have, we've brought on an additional reporter, but also yesterday we were hanging out with Candace Owens in the members only section, talking about 
the Mandela effect. What a silly conspiracy theory. Time travel. Oh, how fun. <laughs> and Bill Gates talking about population management and controlling the population of the planet, which is a legitimate TED talk. We actually went through the fact check and looked at his TED talk. You want to check that one out. Um, a lot of people are, are watching it. So that's a members podcast over at TimCast.com. And we're going to have another very, very serious. I'm not going to say what we're going to talk about in the bonus podcast, but we're getting into like the dark territory of news. I'll just put it that way. I'll just put it that mm-hmm. way. I can't say too much. YouTube will ban us, but it's going to get, <laughs> it's going to get fun. And that'll be up around 11. You'll see the title of it anyway. Well, let's talk about this news story out of New York, which is, it's not so much that, uh, well, here's the story. New York City will redo its first round of ranked choice voting after accidentally including 135,000 test votes in official results. Okay, okay, that's a very serious error, right? I'm not so worried about this. Um, it is bad. Eric Adams, who is projected to win, he's a, he's, what, you said he was a retired cop? Yeah, he is. Yeah. All right, he's a retired cop, pro he's a pro cop. cop. Um, he's probably going to win. And he noticed this. What's crazy about this story is the reaction from the mainstream press. I mean, it, it is crazy. If the dude didn't catch this, who knows what would have happened? It would have been ridiculous. But the mainstream press immediately comes out saying he was acting like Donald Trump. Check this out. We got, we got a few tweets here that highlight a lot of this. Glenn Greenwald says, this is really amazing. Countless smug liberals spend hours maligning and sneering at Eric Adams as a Trumpian fraud for questioning the NYC election results. When those questions were completely vindicated, they slinked away. Michael Tracy said, pundits at 5.30 p.m. It's some despicable Donald Trump-ish for Eric Adams to question the veracity of these election results. NYC Board of Elections at 10.30 p.m. Turns out we actually did add 135,000 fake votes. Greenwald then goes on to say, media matters, needless to say, pushed the same attacks on Eric Adams for questioning what were clearly the sketchy election results, results which were ultimately withdrawn as false. All right, man, look, we got some serious problems right now with stuff like this. The media's instinctive reaction is going to be tribalist. The government is always right. There's never any problems in any elections. Trust everything on its first go. Do do no fact checking. I don't. I'm, I, I'm less. How do I how do I put this? The media is the problem. Is that is that fair to say? Is that the easiest way to put it? Yeah, they're they're the story spinners. They are definitely the ones that put forward the stories that, um, like you said, this before they even knew what was going on. They already had their story lined up. You got to wonder. You definitely got to wonder. I, I I'd, I'd say the media. In general, what was what was that one? I, I forget um, what they were like. Somebody lined up the same narrative over and over and over oh, again. Oh, the gun thing. Was you're, it talk, that? You're, you're talking about how you would Google search like yeah. you, you would search something like gun, you know, X amount of gun deaths. And then you'd see all of these different news outlets with the identical, identical story. Identical copy. Yeah, yeah. Like the, it, except they would change the name of the city and the amount of gun deaths. Mm-hmm. And then they would all say, you know, so-and-so advocates say that we must have more gun control. You, you couldn't – this is what's crazy about this. You wouldn't know about that without the internet. Mm-hmm. Back in the day, you'd walk to your cafe or whatever. You'd pick up the the the, uh, the Milton Township Times, and it would have this crazy story about gun deaths and why we need gun control. And you'd be like, wow, that's crazy, written by someone you know. Now today, they, they do the same thing. But we go on Google. We see it. It's all lined up like – Tennessee, Milwaukee, you know, Detroit, all saying the exact same thing. Mm-hmm. The Time News article, Time News magazine, where they'll have like a different uh, cover depending on the country that they're in because it's all about manipulating the populace. Yeah. And the, they call it A-B testing. Mm-hmm. So they'll they'll have a, a 
you, people actually point this out too. They, they, you know, depending on if you're good, if you're, if you're following some honest people, there'll be a cover for a newspaper and it'll say something like Donald Trump, you know, uh, stands defiant in the face of Democrat onslaught. And that, that will be a newspaper that appears in a red state. The same newspaper with the exact same story will reframe the whole thing saying Democrats condemn bigotry and corruption of Donald Trump. And it's the same exact story. They just change the title because they know different ones will sell. Mm-hmm. I would say that it's not the media necessarily because this is media, this show. And it's, but there's like an organization that owns a lot of media structure like ABC, MSNBC. I mean, I have never really followed the trail too far up the chain because a lot of times it gets obfuscated. You're, you're right. No, media is archetypal. Like we desire media and people congregate around, okay, well, we'll give you the news. Like what was the first industrial complex when they came out with the printing press? Was that technically the first? I went through this at one point to figure out what was the first, the second, the third. We're in the midst of the fourth right now. But I mean, it, it really launched by being able to get news out faster, quicker getting more news out so that i mean like what is news other than stories you should believe but what is the underlying the undertone is there's always a victim that's you the reader you're always the victim the freedom loving american you're the victim and we'll tell you who the the you know the bad guy is whose head's on the chopping block today because there's always a head on the chopping block and it's always like look at these terrible people making your life so difficult and and if you think about it like what would you want in a family you would want an example of what does forgiveness look like? How do we get through this debacle? You know, h- how do we not make it so where we always need to bring the hammer down? And sometimes you need to bring the hammer down, let's be honest, but. Humans, uh, maybe, maybe we're a bit like chickens. We give ourselves a little bit too much credit. Mm. Like in, in, in this story, for instance, it's, it's not like the journalists were sitting behind closed doors all twirling mustaches going, we're going to, you know, smear anyone who dares oppose. Mm-hmm. Uh, it seems like a genuine mistake. The city included these test votes or whatever. That seems like really bad. But they were all aligned with each other mm-hmm. and following that system that you said. Who's the victim? You're the victim. These are the bad guys. They're the ones who are in trouble. So when Eric Adams comes out and says, hey, I noticed this problem, they follow that, that narrative. This guy is like Trump. He's trying to pull a fast one on you, and mm-hmm. he's the bad guy. They didn't care to do any fact-checking. Fact right. They didn't care to make a single phone call to figure out what was actually going on. But I will mention, this is, this is legitimately true for all media, including ours. So I, I can do a video where I, I did a video recent segment a couple days ago talking about how this legislation in Pennsylvania to ban critical race theory mm-hmm. was actually going to be bad because it would prohibit people from talking about what uh, it, 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 it said you couldn't say things that were racist or sexist. Well, if you said biological males tend to outperform biological females in mm-hmm. football, that would be determined sexist and the legislation would ban that as well. It was like a not, the bill made no sense, but it didn't follow this formula. It was just like, hey, this is a bad idea. We should rethink these things. People are less interested in that. They want to know who's the bad guy making their lives worse. Not everybody. I think for the most part, this show is a lot of critical thinkers who watch. But we do have, like any other media outlet, a lot of people who are just like, who's the bad guy? You know, how are they screwing with us? And that tends to be the narrative that everyone takes. Mm. It's almost like coffee. It definitely hits the amygdala, right? The way the way that news arrives at us, there's an urgency. There's always an urgency. And I, like, in a sense, I also like that. I, I listen to your show a lot and I appreciate the, the immediacy of what's being talked about and the urgency of it. 
Um, what I do like about it is knowing knowing you're independent and also knowing that you bring on people that legitimately have different opinions as well. You know, so we try to get a lot of the leftists; they're harder to get, and some of them are just. I've I've seen some of those interviews, and you're right. It's difficult to actually get people to come on to have those kinds of conversations. But I've seen the way you handle it, and I've seen the way you all handle it. And like, you don't all completely agree. Now you talk about other news. There's a you know when was the last time you've seen two anchors sitting side by side? Like, uh, no, that's actually not what I think. Dude, that would be awesome. Mm. It's called Crossfire, and John Stewart Mm. went after Tucker Carlson and, and ragged on him. Because he said it was bad that we were debating on, on, on public TV because it was creating spectacle. Mm. And he was wrong. You actually had primetime television where thought leaders were sitting there debating ideas. And so John Stewart comes on and he's like, you're a grown man with a bow tie. It's like, John, I'm a big fan. But like, we needed that space. It's so hard to get that back now. It is. We, we, we have, whenever, whenever I bring up that's hard to get like hardcore leftists on the show, I get inundated with grifters. Like people who have no intention of actually having a real debate. They just want to pull sound bites. They want to lie. And then there's that, that one famous, uh, I'm not going to mention his name, who publicly says, I will come on your show. I'm like, name the time and date. We fly you out here. We'll cover all costs. I really appreciate it. And he goes, here's the date. And I said, great. And then he privately messages me. I'm not coming on your show. Yeah, the whole bit. It was a bit. Wow. Yeah, it's really difficult. Now, I'll, I'll be honest. There are some people on the right that I'm also like, these people are just trying to you know, come on here and drag and they want to get attention and all this stuff. But it's the exception, not the rule. For a lot of these leftist YouTubers, it's it's the rule, not the exception. And I think that's true when you look at someone like Eric Weinstein. I mean, this is a guy's a pro- he's a progressive. Mm-hmm. He is an elite, wealthy, teal capital progressive saying something is wrong with the Democratic Party and the establishment and the media. And here's what I find really funny about this 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 whole media thing and these these YouTubers, like following that 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 system you you mentioned how it's like you're the victim here's the bad guy i'm like dude they're the empire Mm -hmm. they have control of the cultural institutions they have the presidency the house and the senate right i I can understand why people are like you know from 2016 and 18 the republicans had everything but they didn't have colleges they didn't have cultural institutions movies radio whatever or even youtube youtube is dominated by left you know left by the left and so right now the right has like facebook shares it's like dude you you're literally on the side of darth vader complaining about the small marginalized rural folk it feels like the it feels like the empire before it became the empire in star wars when it was still the republic and darth vader had not yet donned the mask and uh the emp- the emperor still like wears regular clothing and mm-hmm. looks like a human and and what 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 changed what caused that to become the empire in star they wars won. what was it they-, they they once once he gained total control he eliminated the jedi council then he was like, we're going to dissolve the the, the the Republic and make it a new galactic empire. And they used the, the, the Trade Federation as like a false flag. Is that what it was? They were like, oh, Yeah, he was manipulating the Trade Federation to create a crisis that he could exploit. Okay. Yep. So that's where we're at now in history. We well, watch. I don't know about any grand. Yeah, it's probably just a movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm not going to go here, sit here and assume that Joe Biden is like secretly orchestrating Taiwanese air in, invade, I'm sorry, Chinese air invasions in Taiwanese defensive space or anything like that. There, there's something going on with that, too, because it, it's either super intentional the way they're making Joe Biden look right now or and I, I don't know what else. I mean, like it, to say that he's coordinating anything other than a couple <laughs> neurons firing right? together. You know, it almost seems like they're they're putting on an act to make him seem worse than he is, because, like, I don't recall 
I don't know. You tell me when the when the race was going on. Did he seem this bad, or did well, it no, seem no, like he, he declined he, within he, he, he a wasn't, month? He wasn't here. Remember, he, he kept putting a lid on everything. Never shut up for any press. That's I, got, true. I got an idea for an animated short. It's Joe Biden standing at a podium, and a, and a journalist asks him a softball question, and then he's like shaking and like tensing up and sweating, and it zooms in on his brain, and you see the last two neurons like crawling <laughs> to each other, and then they reach out and touch, and there's a spark, and then he goes, <laughs> and that's all he musters out. That's it. I think he's not the emperor. Uh, in this metaphor, Biden, I think it's like someone we don't know. Or actually, I think there isn't one, and we're we're brainwashed no. to think there's an enemy. No, just like the this stupid he news. Is the thing. emperor, remember? I, he's too when he, when the emperor's on the ground and he's like, please, I can't. <laughs> please. He's in that moment right now. Uh, yeah. uh, <laughs> you, know, you know what I like about this theme that we're on though is um, if you know if things do go in a way somewhat like that, who was it that actually brought balance? Darth Vader. Force. Right. So, I mean, to me, I've always been thinking like, you know, I, I research a lot of really dark stuff. I even have people asking me like with the stuff that you research and I'm not saying dark as in like the worst of the worst. I really I just take a look at like, where's our data going? What What is the big push? What's the big agenda going on right now? And people are like, how do you balance your nervous system when you're reading this stuff every day? And I'm like, I move. I skate around. I I. I disassociate from my brain for a while so I can hash it out on the subconscious. I can hash it out in different ways. And then I was thinking like, there's got to be really good people in high places that just their mouths are shut. And I'm not drawing a one-to-one correlation with a Darth Vader saying like, no, we're good guys. Don't worry because there's some good people in high places. I still think there's an ominous challenge that we're all facing right now. But I, I just, maybe it's just hope. But I really think there are some good people in high places that are keeping their mouths shut. But when I, I don't know what S has to hit what fan for them to really be like, all right, this is this is when I actually use my voice. You know, Bro, or this is when I actually take a stand. It's going to be like a middle aged man's. Taco Bell night above one of those Dyson Airblades. That's like the level of. It's gonna, oh, that's the worst but, visual. But, 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 like in Star Wars, for some reason we're talking about Star Wars, uh, the, the Empire had their reign and then things did get better so long as there are people in a resistance who are fighting back. Now, let's forget the the, the, the sequel films. Those were nonsense yeah. trash. I don't even consider them Star Wars. That's right. <laughs> no, it's weird fan fiction. But can we can we talk about Biden's mental state mm. to go back to this neurons firing thing? I've been wanting to talk about his mental state for a while, yes. <laughs> well, 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 now you get to from uh, – this is from AL.com. Biden confuses Tuskegee Airmen with syphilis study victims – in explaining COVID vaccine reluctance. What? Oh, my <laughs> This is the goodness. perfect storm of, of <laughs> Biden's brain just breaking on TV. Because not only were people like, yo, that's like really racist for more than one reason. He was like saying that Latinx people and minorities. Latinx, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Don't want to get vaccinated because they're scared. And oh. he's like, remember the Tuskegee Airmen? And it's like, oh, dude. Oh, no. Oh, stop, stop, stop. <laughs> Tuskegee Airmen. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Let's slow down for a minute. The Tuskegee Airmen are heroes. There was didn't Trump present an award to one like a couple I years think ago? So, yeah, recently he like stood up and then like everyone was cheering for this guy. They're 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 amazing heroes. The Tuskegee syphilis experiments were horrifying acts where the government basically told people they were being treated for their disease, but they were just being watched die. The go- like these these are people who could have been treated. The government was like, yeah, but we want to see what happens if we don't treat them. So Yikes. we'll just keep giving them placebos. Mm. That that. Yeah. Joe Biden. 
Uh. Joe Biden, ladies and gentlemen. Here's the, Bob here's the story. Bob Dole. Bob Dole. Bob Dole. <laughs> check this out. Check this out. Let me, let me read a little bit. Okay, okay. Joe Biden is drawing criticism for comments he made that mixed up the Tuskegee Airmen, a heroic group of African-American World War II pilots, with victims of an infamous Alabama syphilis study. Speaking on the reluctance of some people to get COVID-19 vaccines, Biden said it was harder to get African-Americans initially vaccinated because it, it used to be that they experimented on them, the Tuskegee Airmen and others. Wow. I just, I just want to say like, all right, look, I understand Biden's not all with it. My bigger concern is if, remember when he was doing the thing at the G, G7 where he said Libya instead of Syria over and over again? Could you imagine if he's like sitting there in front of Putin and he's like, if you want the sanctions lifted, you, you got to get out of uh, Libya. And Putin goes, uh, OK, OK, oh, <laughs> deal, Done. Done. signs it, hands it over. And then like Syria blows up, <laughs> you know, whatever. That That's the problem with him not speaking properly. Now, in this instance, it's more of a facepalm mm. where he literally accused these heroic World War Two pilots of being syphilitic men mm-hmm. who are used by the government in an experiment. It's gonna, people are gonna think it's true now too, for, for, for their whole lives. Oh yeah, yep, yep. There are a lot of people, this is the crazy thing, who they heard him say it, and, and it's, it's like we were just talking about with the media. Yes! That when the, when the, when the NYC election thing happens, and this guy, Eric Adams, legit like, hey, this looks wrong, the media attacks him like crazy. Mm-hmm. How many people heard Biden say that, and they're like, that's right, the Tuskegee I, Airmen had syphilis. Yes. I think this is more like the Mandela effect we were talking about last night, cause now he's yeah. interjected this idea. And he skipped timelines, it really was the Tuskegee totally Airmen. Yeah. Biden <laughs> actually is the only one that knows. He's the, in the, in the, the dimensional shift. It's going to be like 30 years and someone's going to be like on a podcast, which is like virtual reality or something. And they're like, mm-hmm. don't you remember that experiment with the Tuskegee Airmen where they were given syphilis? And they're like, yeah, I remember that. Yeah. It never happened. Dude, it, was, <laughs> dude. Dude. it wasn't the Airmen. They'll be, yeah. It's, <laughs> According it is. to Snopes.com, it was actually a CDC experiment. Whoa. Dude, I remember though. Dude, my great grandfather served in the Tuskegee. It's Tuskegee. Mm-hmm. My great grandfather. Yeah, <laughs> not well in the future. That's what they'll yeah. say. In the future, I'm yeah. just. I just want to. I just want to. Like, look. The, syphilis is an STD, mm-hmm. right? Like these are these are. So the the study was like people who got the STD went to get treatment, and the government was like, yeah, yeah, yeah we're gonna give you free healthcare, and then didn't treat them and just let them slowly die. Mm-hmm. Like it's kind of dishon. I, I'm not trying to rag on people who contract illnesses or anything like that, but like. To look at this photo of these like heroic World War II pilots and then Joe Biden to accidentally say they all had syphilis. Yeah. That's like a brutal thing to say about these guys. Yeah. He owes mm. their family some reparations. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Agreed. That's, uh, <laughs> slander. Agree. Reparations. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's and fair. David E. Martin in Ataki gave at the Free and Brave conference gets into gets into the actual story with the with the right you know, Tuskegee experiment. So, well, uh, so I, I have it. This is interesting. I, I just pulled it up from the CDC.gov mm-hmm. and what they say, what they say about it. And uh, we, we were just before the show, I had pulled up the original reporting, which they have here as well. They say in 1932, the U.S. Public Health Service with the Tuskegee Institute began a study to record the natural history of syphilis. They say the study initially involved 600 black men, 399 with syphilis, 201 who did not have the disease. Participants' informed consent was not collected. Researchers told the men they were being treated for bad blood, a local term to describe several ailments, including syphilis, anemia, fatigue. In exchange for taking part in the study, the men received free medical exams, free meals, and burial insurance. <laughs> Think about that. They're like, yeah, 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 we'll, we'll, we'll take care of you. Mm-hmm. Sure will. And then, like, we'll pay for it when you die. 
They mentioned that in ni- by 1943, penicillin was a treatment of choice for syphilis, becoming widely available, but, that, but the participants were not offered treatment. The U.S. government knew hmm. they could save the lives of these men, but the CDC and the U.S. Public Health Service were like, eh, let's watch them die and see what we can, you know, we'll write it down. Definitely garnered a lot of data, I'm sure. And, you know, David E. Martin, who I was just mentioning, did say that the CDC, and I haven't actually gone to, to verify this, but apparently started with studying why malaria kills some people and not others. It's really like trying to understand plagues, you know, which which makes sense for the, the greater story of the CDC. But it is it is kind of interesting. And David E. Martin, this was a talk where he was talking about life insurance companies and what we're experiencing now as being... A life insurance illiquidity event. I'll have to look that, that how, one up. Well, people, there's commercials. They're like, we will buy your life insurance. Struggling financially? Sell us your life insurance. Mm. Reverse mortgages. Mm. Are you old and going to die? We'll take your house from your children. Yeah. Well, he was saying 30-year mortgages, uh, when that really started. Like, what What 30-year cycles happen in nature? He was like, nothing natural. It was the life expectancy of when a blue-collar worker could buy a home to when he would die. So you can pay off the bank, pay off the mortgage by the time that the bank can foreclose on the house. You know, I mean, this this is pretty, you know, he's going deep and he's very hyperbolic when he's talking about these things. But what I like about looking at these things and then going and skating and hashing it out in my mind is not all of it is bunk. Like some of it, it makes you look deeper into history and be like, I I did not know that about about the CDC. Do you you know what mortgage mortgage means? Mortgage? Dead dead like a corpse death deal death deal whoa yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah that's the root word or or if you look it up it says pledge so death pledge yikes yeah like what why 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 are we <laughs> taking out death pledges with banks right <laughs> that's weird i've i've even heard of the same thing with like um corpse corporations marine corps the way you actually spell that corp yeah, yeah corpus well it, this was actually in one of my films ungrip that was all about it was got into maritime admiralty law and legalese how the name of a lot of these things you it sounds like you're talking english but you're actually not these have alternative meanings Picture this. You're driving on the open road, taking in the beautiful views this country offers. Then out of nowhere, you hear a noise and your car breaks down. While still frustrating, you feel protected because you have a plan through CarShield. CarShield has helped millions of drivers from having to pay back-breaking car repair costs. All you have to do is call before a breakdown. Plans can pay for expensive repairs on your out-of-warranty car, truck, or SUV. All for CarShield's low monthly rate that never goes up as long as you cover your car. With a plan through CarShield, you get protection on over 5,000 major parts and systems with just a visit to carshield.com slash carlson. I'm talking big money items like your transmission, engine, electronics, and so much more. CarShield is here to keep you moving forward and make car breakdowns and the repairs that follow just a tiny bump in the road. Go to carshield.com slash carlson. Protect yourself from the unprecedented rise in costs for parts and repairs. Visit now to save 20%. carshield.com slash carlson. That's carshield.com slash Carlson. Like, yeah. Well, uh, the Latin is corporare, meaning combine in one body. Body, yeah. So maybe, maybe, in body. maybe corp was the body. And that's not a dead body. Not but a dead body. Okay. It would be like Mort Corp or something. Yeah, <laughs> Mort Corp. <laughs> Sign me up. That's Let's the name of my, my death metal it. band. That's awesome. <laughs> I like that. Dead bodies. <laughs> Mort Corp. I like that you brought up admiralty law. I think something not, not a lot of people know about is that there's, what is it, civil law and admiralty law? 
there's there's a whole bunch and they all seem to go back to ecclesiastical law according to my my friend who did this film and it's an interesting thing if you are in a certain form of law in court according to my friend white walking feather who robin the page family he said you can pull it back to earlier forms of law and he would always when he was in court for not having a driver's license and he gave up his birth certificate and all those things he would get pulled into court and he would bring it back to ecclesiastical law where they had to recognize him as flesh and blood rather than a a legal fiction like before the social security cards were invented Mm -hmm. like they've kind of corporatized law or i don't know how, how to describe it exactly but like I'm fascinated with admiralty law. That's like the law of the sea. They say like you're birthed when you arrive in a port and you like you, you, you come onto the land as a fresh, you know, c- citizen or whatever you Human are. Human resource as well because that, that number on the back of your birth certificate, uh, is in a human resource database, um, rather than like, you know, some kind of medical database. Um, uh, which makes sense. You know, I, I, I see a lot of people that they, they, they draw different things from all this. And like to me, I feel like we've been moving into this managed. You mentioned like when Bill Gates was talking, he said like, "What was use the word management? Um, population population management. management. That word. We'll talk about more of that in the in the after. Well, but, but we, we we can say this: there's, there's, the conspiracy theory is that Bill Gates is like, I'm going to kill all these people <laughs> when he's actually saying, I want to make sure these people don't exist, mm. and that's the acceptable mainstream TED talk. Bill, so Bill Gates, there's this article from Reuters. It's a fact check. They're like, Bill Gates did not say he wanted to wipe out 50% of the population. What he said was, we want to prevent 15% of population growth. Right. So it's interesting that that's, it's mainstream and acceptable to be like, if the people don't exist in the first place, we're good. Can somebody verify real quick? Cause I mean, I, I watch a lot of media and sometimes I keep an info in the back of my head and I'm just like, I don't know, but his parents, Bill Gates' parents, anyone familiar? Planned Parenthood? I don't know. Okay. I don't want to dive too, uh, yeah, I don't want to dive too deep into I, that. But the, the whole idea about management is what I'm talking about with like where we're kind of headed with data proliferation and data aggregators and everything is data now. Your medical data is being shared in ways that people are starting to argue about. But like where we're heading through this entire process that the world is going through right now is a lot more about management. And you'll hear people like Allison McDowell, who I recommend everybody go check out wrenchinthegears.com. Allison McDowell is putting together how a lot of these dots connect. And she's saying a lot of it is poverty management for the coming five, six, seven, eight years and beyond. That's what Bill Gates called his poverty management. Poverty and management. And, and that includes reducing population growth. Mm-hmm. I want to mention this just real quick. Like if you, if you speak French, you know that mortgage means death pledge. <laughs> I don't, I don't quite understand why we call it that. That's not it's horrific. A, yeah, I know. Like, <laughs> a death pledge. Death pledge. Is, that's uh, a better name for okay. a death metal band. That's death, death pledge yeah, or mort corp. Sure. Yeah. Mort Corp <laughs> will be the first album. Yeah, <laughs> actually, Latin, though, anyway, I looked yeah. it up. Uh, but let, let's 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 jump from Biden's broken brain to where we get into like the freaky. And uh, this story like rightly freaked me out. I'm going to start by saying something very very simple. Doctor Fauci is not your doctor, and he doesn't know what's right for you because you could have some weird growth on your butt. I don't know. Your doctor's <laughs> got to tell you what that what that is. Not right. Fauci and Joe Rogan as well. These people are allowed to have their opinions, of mm-hmm. course, but you got to talk to your own doctors. I say it 51 million times because we have the story here. Columbus judge is adding a new term to defendant's probation. Get your COVID shot. 
This is literally a judge sentencing people to vaccination. Hmm. Let me give you an example. They say a man named Cameron Stringer entered a guilty plea for one charge of improperly handling firearms in a motor vehicle for which he was sentenced to two years of probation. They call it community control in Ohio. I just want to point out, is that it? Second Amendment lawsuit right there, right? Yes. If somebody gets sentenced to to probation because they were handling firearms, uh, mishandling them, then I think there may be an advocacy group which could sue, get this taken up at the Supreme Court, file an appeal, and maybe get it overturned on the the grounds of, like, you're allowed to handle firearms, whatever. Now, in this instance, I guess what happened was the gun wasn't his. So Ohio was like, not yours. Give it back to the owner. Two years probation. And Stringer must submit to to a random drug screening, avoid further legal trouble, return a firearm in question to its rightful owner, and obtain a COVID-19 vaccine within 30 days and provide proof to the to the probation department. I don't get it. Yeah. Why, why is a judge telling people to get a medical treatment? This is the problem when you have 50 million celebrities all being like, you should go get a specific. Could you, let, me, let me slow down. Imagine if you had every celebrity being like, you should all be taking uh, Percocets. Like, no, huh. no, 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 no. Like, Yes, I understand why we prescribe these painkillers to people who really need them. Mm. But celebrities shouldn't be going on. It's actually against the law, I'm pretty sure, for them to do ads that that, that they have to like label them as ads when they advocate for anything. It's like a medical treatment or whatever. Yet in this instance, it is widely acceptable. And in fact, you can get banned for even questioning it. The, the doctor's got to be the one to tell you, man. S- slight question. If the celebrities were like, you should roll around in the mud. But then if they were like, you should roll around the mud because it's good for your immune system. Is that then considered health advice where the first one's not? Hmm. The the issue is you're allowed to give all the health advice in the world except on this one issue. That's the weirdest thing. Now, now listen, there's a really, there's a really, there, I know, right, right, right. The judge is not a doctor. What happens if this guy goes to the doctor and the doctor's like, uh, you've got a lump on your butt. I'm recommending (laughs) no for the vaccine. It's got to overrule the court. Right, right, right. But what if he's like, I don't care. I don't care what the doctor, he's like, he should be saying you should go to a doctor and uh, and request an evaluation to see if you could get the vaccine. And if you can, we would like you to get it. Even that is weird. Right. You know, like even saying, like, I'm not going to order you to get your vaccine in 30 days, but I recommend like wh- what judge what what jurisdiction? Everything is about jurisdiction there. That's what I'm curious about. Where is the jurisdiction to include that? What if the doctor was like, um, have you had your appendix removed? And the guy's like, um, no, no, your honor. Why not? I don't know. Well, within 30 days, submit proof that you've had it removed. So, so I understand I think, one's a more serious medical yeah, procedure yeah, than the yeah. other. But I'm, I'm super curious. What is the precedent for this? We just got done talking about the Tuskegee uh, syphilis uh, mm-hmm. experiments. Like, under what circumstances should a governing body be able to tell you you're going to get a medical procedure? You guys, yeah. you guys are going to love the next part of this. Oh is, this is an article from Dispatch.com. This is a USA Today Network website. Gary Daniels, a lobbyist with the ACLU, expressed concern about the practice Thursday, comparing it to Ohio judges who have ordered defendants convicted of crimes not to procreate. I'm what? staying away from Ohio. Whoa, I'm glad I left. <laughs> Love you, heck? Ohio, but come on. <laughs> yeah. Mr. Crossland, you have been convicted of rocking the ganj. Uh, for this, you can never have kids. No babies. You can't no stop babies. me, Your Honor. <laughs> what the well, hell? Much love, bro. <laughs> this dude, this dude apparently, so like, I actually have the story. This guy um, apparently had 11 kids, and his, you know his crime was? Not paying child support. Are you joking? That was the crime. Hmm. Wow. 
And so they were like, you can't have any more kids. And he was like, BS. And he sued and said, you can't tell me I can't have kids. Yeah. And the Supreme Court was like, you can't tell someone they can't have kids. That's what I'm wondering with this other thing is like my worry is like, do they have jurisdiction? Did, is, is, is there some weird wording and yes. loophole? I'm, I'm pretty sure they do. A lot of people since the vaccine thing started have been saying like, you can't mandate medical treatments and you have no right to my private records. And I'm fairly certain I could be wrong about this. That there's an exception in the Americans with Disabilities Act for public health requirements. And that does make sense. I mean, like, come on, if there was a zombie apocalypse, you'd be right on board with whatever we had to do to stop the zombie apocalypse. Mm. The issue now is, actually, I take that back. Like, it's politics, man. You'd be surprised. People, I don't think don't know people what know do. how to trust. And, and I know this is like, it might seem like a huge jump, but even if there was a zombie apocalypse, imagine the amount of people who would be like, I, I don't trust what anyone tells me. I'm going to deal with this my way. Yeah. And I, I kind of feel like that would be a big issue. Like, even if there were a world event that could unite everybody, I don't think people know how to trust enough right now, especially I, not right now. I don't know if they ever did. You, you're probably right about that. Yeah. Um, maybe small communities, but this, like, countries that are this big. Definitely not. But there is rule by fear. So I'd, I'd be willing to bet that if like a zombie apocalypse happened in China, they would just gun everybody down and say like, look, you know, collateral damage. If we mm. if we shoot everybody, we'll save the 10 percent on, you know, non-zombie people. Right. Or you have to move to Ohio. That's that's <laughs> even worse. That's yeah. yeah. In Ohio, there was this man who um, uh, his house burnt down. His cat died in the house fire. I forget his name. I think it was Youngstown, Ohio. But anyway, he um, he had a pacemaker, a smart pacemaker. And afterwards, the um, the fire department noticed that the fire looked like it was set in several different locations of the house. So they went to the manufacturer of his pacemaker no. to get the data. They used Whoa. that in court to show no that he was very active when the fires were set. So his pacemaker testified against him in court holy crap yeah Dude, you're fu- did you hear the story about uh there's like a murder and then the police subpoenaed amazon for i'm not going to say the robot's name because we have one uh subpoenaed the like there, there's a recording of this and everybody was like that's not possible you have to tell it to record and they were like oh no it recorded everything these these oh these- i heard more about that apparently so it was a domestic this is the domestic abuse yeah something uh, like that and and it turned on and then the guy was like did you call the sheriff and then it called the sheriff when it heard that. What? Hmm. And then the sheriff listened in. I don't believe it. This is what I heard. Yeah, it was, it's anecdotal. Bro, I, I can't know. get that dumb thing to play the right song half the time. I'm trying to get it to play some Elton John, and it keeps putting on some other weird yeah. modern hip-hop garbage. Of the world. Yeah, yeah. yeah seriously. It's, it's got like 20. I'm like, I want to hear Goodbye Yellow Brick Road. <laughs> <laughs> it's got like 2050 technology in what data they're trying to gather, but when you're trying to get your song to play, it's, right. it's like circa 1922 technology. <laughs> <laughs> but, but remember, Remember when they were when police departments were using ring cameras that mm. people have on oh, their front yeah. doors? They were hacking in, and they had a, like a deal with I think it was Amazon, and these these entire police departments could just tap on in whenever they wanted to. So I totally believe that they used the little friend over there to call the sheriff mm. when somebody mentioned that. It's it's all for our safety. I hope oh, you guys yeah, know sure. that. I feel very yeah, safe. You're right. Safety over security. Wait, well, no, yeah. Security over freedom. Yes. What does Charles Eisenstein call it? He said, we have been bowing at the altar of safety for so long. And somebody else put it in a way. He said, um, 
he said like what we need to be doing is is demonstrating living at all costs rather than staying alive at all costs and it, it really does seem like the way you manage people is you make them believe that death and destruction and bad things are right around the corner unless behavior modulation behavior you know it's, it's let me, you have to modify your behavior let me let me let me read you the story from sciencemag.org uh, oh a judge said police can search the dna of 1 million americans without their consent what's what? next there's also several stories of states pushing back on police subpoenaing ancestry data so people get these kits from these you know these these 23 and me and ancestry.com yeah, yeah, yeah. and then the cops are like let's hit them up and get that data and so now it's it's like a big legal battle and uh, this is an older story, but uh, very much so. Where was that? This is science, sciencemag.org. It just says, uh, I can read a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, search warrant reported by the New York Times raises alarming possibility of similar police searches of giant direct consumer DNA sites, such as Ancestry and 23andMe, that are now closed to everyone except custom, uh, company customers willingly submit saliva samples. They, so they say uh, a detective wanted to find distant relatives of a serial abuser, I'll put it that way. In hopes of, uh, in hopes that their family trees could help them hone, hone in on a suspect, even the most, uh, even though most of the 1.3 million people who have shared their DNA with the site haven't agreed to such a search. Mm. So this is, uh, a genealogy site called the GED match. Mm. Not the first time, it won't be the last time. No, data misappropriation is literally written into the fine print, so it can be shared in case of X, Y, and Z, and X, Y, and Z can be pulled out of any hat. And I, I just prints on your phone. Interesting. How many people have taken oh, their yeah. smartphone and given it yeah. all their fingerprints for I, convenience? I've done that. And now iTunes, or I'm sorry, Apple and Google are like, when you have have you read the terms on this thing? I'd be willing to bet it says you give us access to your fingerprint image to use and exploit as we see fit. Because how else would it actually work? Wow. They need permission to use your fingerprint. Then they have it. And when they get subpoenaed for your fingerprints, congratulations, you're fingerprinted. Yeah, totally, totally. And you mentioned Ancestry.com. They were just bought not too long ago, 75% of which bought by Blackstone. <laughs> the other 25% is owned by China. Oh, uh, no, it's, it's a place I in don't China. believe that. Check I it out. No way. Ancestry.com last August. I hate it. Kind of what terrifies me that Apple now has my fingerprints, you know, theoretically, is that they could then put my fingerprints somewhere. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Blackstone bought your DNA. Come on, man. Look at this. And your house. (laughs) Yes. Blackstone.com. Literally from their website. Blackstone completes acquisition of Ancestry, leading online family history business for $4.7 billion. Yo, they bought your DNA, dude. <laughs> mm-hmm. And you know what the funny thing is? I'll tell you this. They don't got my DNA. They got my parents' DNA. Yeah, right? that's, that's all. They got both my parents' DNA. So they got, they got some amalgamation of yours, though they don't mm-hmm. know exactly which ones made it through, but they might have enough. They might know that you are 97.3% likely to have a certain gene marker or something like that. Am I allowed to? Creepy. Am I? Am I allowed? Uh, well, we were talking about earlier with with the genetics. Yes. Am I allowed to just ask a question? I don't I know. Think so. Maybe we should save the really dark stuff for the. Well, it's not trip. really dark. It's it's just a question about testing. I would think so. Okay. I love so, this. So. Well, I mean, like, do you know who who came up with the PCR test? No. Carrie Mullis. Uh, yeah. Okay. I won't even go super deep into this, but Kerry Mullis came up with the PCR test. He just died very recently. Um, and when the PCR test was starting to be used to test, he was like, guys, this isn't what you use to test an active virus inside the body. Um, he's not around anymore to comment on that. Um, but 
what PCR is really good for is is rapidly replicating DNA, rapidly replicating it. PCR tests, mm-hmm. like so, it's polymerase chain reaction, and like yeah. you know, I I learned this by realizing how you can teleport DNA uh, via vibrant via email. You Wait, take what? so basically, and this was Peter Gayayev, he was a Russian scientist, and then Iona and Alan Miller. If anyone wants to check that out. Um, reversed this thing called the phantom DNA experiment. I won't explain it now. But anyways, um, it was Luc Montagnier. You might know that name. Yes. Okay. So he basically took DNA, infused it into water, kind of like cucumber-infused water, but this DNA-infused water. And then they removed all DNA particulate through a filter. Then it's just infused with the vibratory signature of the DNA. They took that. They encoded that into an MP3-like file emailed it from Canada to Italy, I believe it was. Then they took that vibratory signature, impregnated it into distilled water, and then from there they needed one extra step to turn it back into DNA, and uh, that was PCR. I want to I say, like, when you break it down like that, it does kind of sound crazy, but it just sounds like they found a way to encode DNA and transport it digitally. So, so that was that story. And the question, I, and here's the thing, I'm not making a statement here. I'm just kind of curious. The guy who created and got a Nobel Peace Prize for the the creation of the PCR test saying this is not how you test for what you're you're actively testing for. Right. Uh, he could know, be look, wrong. He may not have known. And it was a, it was, it I got people who say I don't think they're harvesting DNA and I I to oh, me I'm like So they're looking at like a DNA reaction to a virus with the PCR test and then you think they're using that data then and transmitting it digitally I, I, elsewhere I, or, or the I, I, I don't so, think it's no, that no. simple. Okay. I don't think it's that simple. Bro, Blackstone just bought ancestry.com. They don't Dude, need to do any of that. They got the DNA. How many how many are, they can what's the ratio around. of the population that are on Ancestry.com or 23andMe. Because there's another one, like 20, 20, or Vianet, 21 Vianet huh. or something like that. There's, there's, there's the other GED DNA. Match, there's the 23andMe, there's Ancestry. Right. And a lot of them are actually bought by same companies left with the same branding. I know 21 Vianet, I think that's what it's called, was also Blackstone. Oh, wow. Um, okay. Well, I'll tell you this. Look, look, look. I, I don't know. I, the, I'm we, just going to leave it at that. Right. We, we get to that wall where it's like, man, we could speculate for 50 million years. We have no idea other than Blackstone's a creepy company who's buying up all the houses and they got our DNA. They, got our DNA it would be, they cool. manage $8.7 trillion. It would be I'm, cool I'm, to send digitally send DNA to Mars and then grow it on Mars without having to transport that's it. Kind of interesting. That's what Catherine Austin oh. Fitz uh, and Solari.com was saying with a high-powered enough laser – you could send it off planet. So here's the thing. Again, very speculative, but I was Whoa, wondering, like, wait, how would wait, you wait. send it off planet and get through the aberrations, get fidelity through the aberrations of the atmosphere? Just a long enough period of time. Or send it from or, a satellite. Or you send it from the 30-meter telescope they're trying to build on Mauna Kea that you, for real deep observation, they use these mirrors that react in real time to the adjustments or to the aberrations in the atmosphere to adjust the way it distorted light back into a normal signal. So, you could do the so, same in the other direction. Wow, what if we got a distorted wait, 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 DNA and you're like, it, what is this aberration? It sounds like what you're saying is that <laughs> they want to beam, they want to seed other worlds with Ooh. DNA. I'm what not going to confirm nor deny, but it was <laughs> DARPA that said they wanted to start putting bases on the moon and extracting resources from there. Out, how, many, how, many, how many exoplanets have we found? 
or or class M planets have we found? Is that is it, do they actually call them class M planets? I don't know. Do I watch, do I but I, I would Trek? love to know how many we've found. <laughs> so um, I think there's actually a number because it's a big deal when we find these these Earth like planets or the, they call it what, what do they call the Goldilocks zone. Mm-hmm. What if they're That's just great. like we're going to beam the data of life onto these planets through laser encoded whatever hit the tide pool and then it hits it and encodes certain dna and just makes it happen Mm -hmm. just gets life started on these planets see like i i don't get paid to stay within the bounds of you know i i like theorizing beyond and then admitting i'm just a filmmaker guys like i'm not actually an investigative journalist i'm a filmmaker um i love researching so all the things that i'm saying I mean, like somebody, somebody tomorrow could come and say, Hey, hey, I, I don't think you get the nuances of this PCR thing. And I'll say, thank you for bringing that to my attention. And, and that's I'll, why I bring it up on shows like this. And, and I'll, and I'll mention too, the problem, the reason I say we hit that wall where it's like, we really don't know, we, we can speculate forever is the way conspiracy theories work when they go bad is that you've got to connect the dots image that if you, it's, it's, you know, 5,000 dots. And when you complete it, it's a gorilla. But if you only see a tiny portion of it, you could connect the dots and you're like, it's a giraffe. And you're mm. like, bro, zoom out. There's way more you're missing and you don't understand. And we probably bump into that all the time on this show, as does everybody else. These last few years have not been easy on our economy. And with tax season finally arriving, there will be millions of hardworking people and businesses that could struggle even more due to the IRS working against them and pocketing profits for themselves. America First Tax Group can help put an end to your worries. Just one phone call to 800-431-5684 and you'll be in touch with America First Tax Group, a full-service tax company that'll fight the IRS's predatory tactics and put you on the path to financial freedom. Their experts can help you or your business with any tax-related problems you may have, from dealing with your back taxes to granting you access to tax relief and much more. Don't wait. Get in touch with America First Tax Group today by calling 800-431-5684. That's 800-431-5684. Or visit AmericaFirstTaxGroup.com slash Tucker. Again, 800-431-5684 or AmericaFirstTaxGroup.com slash Tucker. They, they have limited, they, they, they only know as much as they can know. They're missing some information. So they connect dots. The dots connect but they're missing context. Totally, totally. And Carol Roth, excellent guest you just had on. And somebody, I think you both were mentioning like, what do you think about the Great Reset and Davos and everything? And she was like, I don't see a global connection to it. And I was biting my tongue thinking, I have two words and one name for you, Carol, and that's Alison McDowell. And if I connect Carol to Alison McDowell's work, because here's the thing, I think Alison McDowell, out of everyone, she's been actually putting maps together of, where the funding channels come, what the programs are, what businesses, wrenchinthegears.com. I'm just going to say that I would love somebody to actually break it down and show me how what she's saying is not completely, you know, on point. Because when you're saying connect the dots, I also look at it as like connect the dots. You can connect it in random ways and it won't make an image. It'll just, and then you can say, well, I don't know if, most of these dots even need to be here on this page. But once you see the completed image put together correctly, then you see the need for every one of those dots. And I'm just going to say, those dots are big data, big pharma, all the bigs, right, connected. We don't see them connected until you see them connected. And then it's hard to unsee them. I'm not saying she's right, and I'm not saying that 
I'm right. I'm just saying it's hard to unsee it once you've seen it that way. You, you ever see those puzzles where you get you get a grid? You get a, it's a graph. It's just like you know lines, boxes. Looks like a crossword puzzle, but it's blank, right? Right. And then you'll get another um, a key that shows you. It'll say A1, A2, A3, A4, then B1, B2, etc. And in each little box is a squiggly line. And now what you're supposed to do is okay. So B4 is this line. I'll put it here. And then once you complete all of the, the, the instructions, it forms a real picture. So each little box, it's like you'll see a line with a dot. And you're like, mm-hmm. I have no idea what that is. And if you were to draw 10 of them, you'd be like, I'm looking at a bunch of weird lines and weird little grid boxes. Complete all of them. And that's how you draw a bigger picture, right? Mm-hmm. So much like the connect the dots thing, you may look at a small portion and see a bunch of weird squiggly lines. And then if you zoom out and you're able to incorporate all the rest of the Sudoku puzzle is a better way to put it. And you might even, when you zoom totally. in, see, see what you think, like you said, a giraffe. Like you might see a completed image that isn't the real completed yeah. image that's intended. Or, or a small piece of it and it changes the context, right? Mm-hmm. Like if you saw a picture of Donald Trump on a surfboard with a massive wave, you'd be like, whoa, Donald Trump surfing on like this massive wave. And then you zoom out. And then there's Kim Jong-un painting a picture of Donald Trump surfing on a massive <laughs> wave, and it changes the context of everything. Mm-hmm. There's more to that picture. Can I just say something real quick, though? Blackstone sounds like the name of a villain in a video game. <laughs> Dude, does. I brought Please this here because up. Ben actually, on his uh, last video on Ben Joseph Stewart on YouTube, talked about Blackstone and the scrying mirror, which was Obsidian. This is not real Obsidian. I thought it was when I bought it. This is plastic, I believe. But Obsidian's <laughs> a Blackstone that, in, historically, I believe they used as a scrying mechanism. Yeah, I'm not sure what, um, you know, the Aztecs used it for. I think it was Montezuma, but after Montezuma was, um, plundered, a lot of those, uh, let's say Montezuma's bling was sent over to Europe. And the advisor to the Tudor dynasty, uh, Sir John D., uh, very into magic and alchemy, um, he used that scrying mirror and called it a speculum, which is, uh, if you if you look at the etymology, that that is at least in part where we get speculation from, because you would speculate, you know, what you're seeing um, in the in the scrying mirror, right? And and then you look at the financial markets and how the financial markets are bigger than the actual economy. It's money being produced from money. It's not from goods and services. It's speculation. It's pure confidence. Mm. If people believe something has value, someone all of a sudden has currency or totally. can transfer it to currency totally yeah and and black stone came from black rock larry fink split off i think in the 80s um and split off from from black rock there's also uh gray stone i think there's what? And what what's funny is like larry <laughs> are we fink, talking like lord of the rings like yeah, it's, it, it's strange Touch but stone it, the, there's a lot Touch of those stone. names because Pardon. even the son of Blackstone's CEO or um, BlackRock CEO came up with a video production site that was also like, you know, Black something. They're very much so like hitting on that kind of something about Blackstone's, BlackRock's. Not really sure. Let's, let's do a movie. Yeah. Let's yeah. like, let's like <laughs> script out. Cause I'm, I'm just imagining it's like, it's like a rocky terrain and there's a guy and he's got a blaster and he's running and his shirt's ripped and he's like, it's them. It's Blackstone and a helicopter lands and a bunch of guys jump out and they're like, stop resisting. And it's the sci-fi. There's a dome mm-hmm. for some reason. And you're like, who are you? We're Blackwater. We're the, <laughs> the private military arm. Dude, it's the most Blackstone. Blackstone black is the most ominous. Like black rock, Blackstone. It's like dark periap. It's like, know? but it's, but it's so on the nose that like the, the, the protagonists are like, we've made it. 
it's the fortress of Blackstone. It's a giant, you know, like obsidian a, rock. Yeah, like, yeah. Their bases. <laughs> How do it. we get in? It's pure obsidian. Or oh there's like, there's a, there's like a, 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 a comet, you know, made of obsidian or some other, that's probably nonsensical. Every like, like 600 years it orbit comes around and orbits <laughs> the planet. Yeah. Uh. They sent, they sent advanced troops to Earth to conquer it through economic means. Mm-hmm. Bro, I mean, look, people, they're buying up houses like crazy. And it's very difficult for people to buy when they get free money from the Fed. And then we hear that they, I mean, what else are they doing? Oh, Blackstone? Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Um, well, you know, th- for one, like right now, buying up the housing, it's affordable housing. Here's what I think that's about. It's affordable housing and single-family unit homes. And this also comes on the heels of, again, it's just something I heard from a very reputable source, Catherine Austin Fitz. A lot of people will just put her in a, in a, in a kooky um, category, but she was under George Bush Sr. Uh, working in HUD. And she left, at, she was just trying to follow the trail, like, where is these trillions of dollars uh, of missing federal budget going? And she traced it all the way up to more than $21 trillion, which was more than the national debt. And she was like, this is a different civilization. So so anyway, she was saying that um, a lot of what she believes the riots of 2020 were, a lot of the destruction, what's being built up in its place is the smart grid. I have a sneaky suspicion that maybe Blackstone is taking these affordable housing units for poverty management as smart grid housing. So we, we've Just talked about thought. artificial intelligence on the show before and the misconceptions people have about it. They seem to think that if the AI takes over, like if we build an AI, we'll get Skynet. And a bunch of Terminators will walk around and be like, you know, or we'll get Ultron. I In wish. order to bring peace to the planet, humans must be wiped out because then we have peace. No, no, no. It's not going to be anything like that. What's going to happen is you're going to – in an AI-managed future, you'll be, you'll be sitting in your house. You'll be watching TV when all of a sudden your, your, your watch will go – and you'll look at it and it will say jump three times. And you'll jump three times. And then it will go, ding, you've earned credits. And you go, yay. And then it's like you, you go out you, – you, you decide to go for a run. And then you're running down the street, and then it'll, and it goes turn th- turn left now to earn three credits, and you go okay. You turn left. You you have no idea why you're doing it or why you're being asked to do it, but when you zoom way out, there's something much bigger happening. When you jumped three times, you knocked loose like a, a clog in a pipe that was jamming up a, a line or something. Mm. The AI knows it. You don't know it. You have no idea why you're doing what you're doing. That's the AI future. So when we talk about the smart grid and all that stuff. Where all of these things are happening, where it's like they're buying up houses, and we here be chickens, my friends, sitting in the coop, having no idea what's happening beyond these walls. Mm. This is probably nothing. If it was really a problem that we were talking about this, calling them out for buying up these houses and shutting up the middle class, they wouldn't let us talk about it. No. Well, no. You, you do have a moment in time to talk about it before the, the they can respond. I found a couple of years, usually, it seems like. At least in 2006 and seven, you could call out... The big deal, and and it took them. They were reeling. They they didn't understand. The masses are awakening. How do we handle this? And it's like they're stunned for a short period of time. Mm. But I also agree. I don't think. I think this is a front. This is the. This is what we're allowed to see. This is mainstream. No, no, no. News. We're I, allowed to out ourselves as well. I mean, the thing is, is like, and this doesn't mean anything really, but. Like, uh, my subscriber base on YouTube was growing steadily until I came on this show. And that's, that's not an insult. That's basically like, I think that's when I got on a certain kind of radar because it hasn't moved since then. It was growing steadily. 
whatever. I could speculate all day. It's the honey trap of YouTube. They're like, we'll let Tim Pool grow so he can bring on these people and then we can pick them off. And they can out themselves. very Soviet. You know, (laughs) you you were saying about like the tokenization. That's what Allison McDowell is actually saying. A lot of this is moving towards is tokenizing. And so the economy might be changing in a way where you are – you, you get a token. You are incentivized to eat a certain way. You are incentivized to behave a certain way. And I mean, like, I won't get into where Pokemon Go came from, but it looks like a Pokemon Go future where you're tokenized for the right behavior exactly. and you're penalized for the not right behavior. And that's where the smart grid affordable housing comes in because you can be geofenced inside of your house where none of your technology actually works outside of it. That's what geofencing, you know, is already set up to do run from satellites. Does this sound paranoid? Yes. Do I believe that we shouldn't talk about it because it seems paranoid? No, I think I think we should be able to trust that people have a BS meter and that people can do their own research, but like it's got to at least be mentioned, right? I Seems a little there, weird, there, right? There was a very great man who once said, "Just because you're paranoid, don't mean they're not after you," right? <laughs> who is that? Kurt Cobain. Yeah. Love it. You know, you, you my perspective really changes when I get chickens. You know, we we, we I love talking about the chickens because they're hilarious. True, Watching yeah. chickens is funny, yeah. man. They have drama and like, <laughs> like there's we introduced a new chicken and like this drama in the pecking order and they're like staring each other down. But now like the roosters dating the the, the oh, yeah. real like it's they're great. in love. They're, but, really? So they, they TV like show. each other. We're, we're going to do that. It's going to be the Chicken City. We're building a new coop that's so bigger really nice and more though. space. And we've we've we're building the space out so we can have the cameras hooked up right into the. It, it's it's a long thing. We're we're working the on avian it. show. It's like the Truman Show. But yeah. <laughs> check this out. Check this out. I started thinking about this because there are behaviors that I can't communicate to chickens to stop doing, like taking a dump in their water. So we had someone say, Tim, get a water nipple system. It's a bucket with little little uh, uh, red spouts. And when they peck it, it moves a little plug, which makes water come out. Solve the problem immediately. Instead of instead of giving them water to drink, which they kept taking a dump in, I had to take it out and put introduce something else. Now, they have no idea our conversation on this show happened. The chickens one day are sitting there taking a dump where they stand, and I come in with a bucket full of water, and they're like, okay. Hmm. And they still take dumps all ridiculous places. They start <laughs> climbing on top of the roofs, taking dumps. So what do I do? i got to put something in the way to stop them from doing it, right? It's really obvious when you think about it. Mm-hmm. We're not going to tell the chickens what to do because they don't speak English. We're going to put, you know, those pigeon things. You know, like they don't want pigeons to land places. Yeah. They, they make... They, they change the environment they change the to environment. get the outcome they want from mm-hmm. our behaviors. People make the mistake of thinking that, you know, they're like, Bill Gates, oh, we're going we're gonna to challenge him as if he's a political rival. Bro, he's a billionaire. He looks at you like a chicken. Mm-hmm. You are a chicken. And, he, and his, his mentality, as he stated in his TED Talk, was if we do these things, we can change the behavior of people and, and, re, uh, and, and, and properly manage population. He's not looking at people like human beings who want to have families, who have hopes and dreams. He's looking at you like some animal grazing around, taking a dump where you stand. And he's thinking, what do I do to change their behavior to create a better outcome yes. that I think would be the better Fix outcome? This, change the system. This is a lot of the ways I think, too, because like, I'm not into cult worship. I don't like a guy getting up and be like, I'll lead you there. So I want to build a better system that allows us to flourish individually. And I'm sure he's thinking the same thing. But that can go horribly awry if you the, the mismanage prob- the system. The problem is... Every instance of authoritarianism has gone bad throughout history, and we know it, because no one person, no committee is smart enough to manage billions of people and and these massive economies. So what invariably happens is mass suffering. But there's a, there's a flip side to this, and this is what I asked Alex Jones. 
I was like, you, you, you talk about the, the, the Davos group and all of these conspiracies. Mm. What if they're right, though? What if left unchecked, we will reach mass population and end up, you know, just constantly starved and fighting and diseased? We know what happens when deer populations get out of control. We know what happens when hog populations get out of control. That's why people get in helicopters and fly around shooting hogs. They have a lot of fun doing it, but if there's too many hogs, they destroy all the plant life, they attack people, they get diseased, they starve, and they die. So proper management of the population is a good thing, which brings us to the dark, dark questions of our own humanity and whether or not we get treated the same way. I was way. thinking in the shower, I was like thinking about weeds. Weeds, a weed is just a plant that grows really fast and basically takes over the garden and strangles out all the other things for nutrients. So like, are humans weeds? Have we done that to earth? Kind of. <clears throat> Margaret Sanger actually used the analogy of weeds. She said we have to weed the human garden. And that's exactly what plants do. That is does. so creepy. The problem yeah. is when, like, if you had one chicken that was killing the other chickens, this happens. You have to remove it because it's a dumb animal that doesn't understand why what it's doing is bad and not helping. Humans arguing with other humans about why they think their ideology and population management is the right plan. It's the same thing. Okay. You know, Bill Gates, when he does this TED talk, he is not some like, you know, uh, intergalactic Q-like figure, you know, the Star Trek Q, who's mm. omnipotent and knows how to help and guide humanity. He's just another person it, who's limited by the same news and information we get. Is that why these these elites are into the occult? Is because they're trying to get information from, like, other dimensions of intelligence so, so that they're no longer chicken may, may, consciousness? Bro, maybe, but that's just more evidence to me that they're not right. That we, we, we don't know who has all the answers. And this, you, you mentioned, you're, you're talking about trust, like if a zombie apocalypse happened. Right. Why should I trust that Bill Gates, a guy who sold software, understands what it takes to manage 8 billion people? Mm. Or, or, you know, if he wants 500 million, whatever the Georgia Guidestones, whatever he actually, if, if you actually take his TED talk for what it is, he's saying, we don't want to get to 9 billion people, so we need to implement a bunch of poverty control measures and then help everybody out. He does talk about making everyone's lives better, giving them better housing and stuff like that. I don't think, I genuinely think he believes this stuff when he says we want to improve the lives of everybody. The problem is we have seen what happens when we run down that yellow brick road from utopians saying this is the way to get better life and better living. And then it turns out it's a mass grave or a killing field or something like that. Mm. Why should I trust them? It is pretty interesting. I mean, like the, the proper management of the entire population. Uh, I've been thinking about that because... You know, really, it's such a philosophical rabbit hole you can go into. Like, what is proper? If you think you've figured it out, then what you would want to do is just lay out the plan and get people to comply no matter what. And that really seems like the world today. Get people to comply. You know, like, you know, offer them burgers and fries. Get them to comply no matter <laughs> wait, wait, what. Wait, wait, wait. They did that in New York. I know. <laughs> I know. And, you know, so, I mean, the thing is, is, um, this, this might seem unrelated, but like, you know, I have, I have three kids at home. They're young. My daughter, Anna Laura, might be watching. Hey. Um, so I was talking with this guy, Charles Eisenstein. I was just on a trip with him and we were just talking about like, you know, getting, you know, when is it time to get a babysitter? And I said, you know, like my, 
my my wife she's so good with the kids that sometimes that she she like doesn't know when to allow herself a vacation and to go and so charles was like maybe say to her instead of saying like babe you just need to get it you need to do that that's more of the like i'm telling you what i know is right for you to do maybe in like incentivize her in a way by saying i trust your intuition on when it's the right time and you're calling her to step into her higher intelligence her higher potential and so to me when i say like properly managing people i don't know what to say about the population thing i really don't but what i what i do say is how do people behave when they're told what to do i know how my children behave and i'm not going to make a one-to-one correlation between humanity and my children but i am saying like I think there may be more proper ways. So I do believe Bill Gates isn't probably sitting there with his fingers like, you know, I just want people to rot and die. No, I don't believe that. I believe that a lot of these people actually think like, man, this world is going to be so great. They'll, they'll come around. Even the, even the people who don't like it, they'll come around. I kind of feel like maybe that's more true, but what is the more proper way to get people to step into their potential rather than, oh, well, you know, why are you eating that way? Oh, I was told to eat this way. Well, why are you exercising right now? I was told. You know, why do you live here? I was told. That's everything, though. You know, we, we our whole worlds are based off of information we've collected that we trust. Mm. And once you get to a certain age and your brain sort of solidifies and fully develops, you assert those things as true to Dogma. you. And when people challenge those, you have a nervous breakdown. This is why people get really angry. There's a lot of people who aren't into politics, and I'm sure many people who are listening have experienced this. You'll be talking to someone calmly and rationally, and you'll say, look, Joe Biden fumbled and bumbled and then compared the Tuskegee Airmen to people with syphilis. They'll start getting really angry because what you're doing is their brain has locked in place. These are the ideas I know to be true. Why do I know them to be true? Because I have survived this long. And if I hold these things throughout my life to be true, my survival rate is better than if I don't. So when you go in and start picking apart their worldview, you are telling them what they're doing is wrong and dangerous, and they have to defend themselves from that. Mm-hmm. They, they, have, they have survived this long. They will not let you tear, tear those ideas apart. So there's an emotional mechanism. When people get angry, they don't process information the same way. Yeah. So people just go to an emotional state. They get mad. They won't talk to you. And they shut down. A different part of the brain. It's more ancient. And, you know, what you're mentioning right there, it takes me back to all those beautiful on the African safari um, images where, let's say, a couple lions are hunting down, you know, one of the, the smaller whatever, you know. Um, Gazelles? Something like that that run those those bigger maybe the the water buffalo that run in big herds so they're going after one of the little ones and they feel safer in the pack even though there's three lions and literally let's say a hundred fifty of these huge massive beasts but they will let one of their young die because the rest of them are like we can we can lose one we're safer in the numbers most people that I know they're not seeking truth. That's why yep. that's why they have their brain seizing up is because they're seeking safety. They're not seeking truth. It makes me think how you were saying about your wife and how to inspire her to do to be able to Step handle the kids. It's like creating a leader as opposed to telling her what to do and creating a follower. Mm. And that there's a danger sociologically to, to making everyone a leader because especially like in the military, if everyone in the in the squad is trying to lead the squad, this nothing's going to get done. Everyone's going to die. 
Um, so you have one leader, everyone else follows. And sociologically, I think that's part of why psychedelics are illegal because it makes you think for yourself and make decisions for yourself outside of external influence for the most part, uh, more so than not. It can in the right setting, but you, I, I see where you're going with that. But mm-hmm. I mean, it, it can also be used by the CIA in different ways. Here, here's, 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 here's a thought. It was sprayed over France and people were hospitalized in it and it wasn't even seen that LSD was sprayed over France. People thought that it was in the drinking water or they were dying or something like that. There's a couple ideas in terms of global control I want, I, want, I want to mention. If there really is a very powerful dominant group and YouTube is playing ball with them and it seems like to a certain degree YouTube is at least following some kind of establishment narrative, if the narrative is actually controlled, then you have to assume that the success of this channel and TimCast.com is allowed to happen. Mm-hmm. Or... I think the simple solution is there's probably powerful elites with with interests. They align with other powerful interests. They use their weight to get what they want at a disproportionate level than most people. So birds of a feather flock together. But we're still free. Mm-hmm. And we're still challenge, challenging the system. There's still a resistance. And the, this this uh, uh, these ideals of, say, like the Davos group and the Great Reset or groups like Blackstone, it may just be a flash in the pan. It may be that in this generation, some very wealthy people have made some moves because wealthy people make massive waves and they may not, may not succeed. I think, and, you know, we move on and I think people- it's more natural order like the pharaohs of Egypt. I mean, this goes way back to the power control structure and then they form corporations so that they don't have to take personal responsibility for the control. And now they can reap the benefits without having uh, suffering the bankruptcy. That's my personal feeling is that it's always been like this. Oh, yeah. You know, know, I mean, like, uh, so. Uh, that's been my my feeling as well is that this is a lot older than just what we're hearing about right now um we probably shouldn't go into that right now but i i do feel i do feel like it's it's obvious what you're saying like the future is unwritten and like we we still do have freedoms like i know we i feel it i i sense it when i go out to the store yes there's something going on in the world right now but like it it's not where most people think we are, but I mean, you look at what's going on in Australia right now, it's looking pretty grim. But do you have freedoms? The point is, if, if you are really to believe that these powerful, wealthy interests, look, we know they exist. I'm not saying there's like a secret cabal of people wearing red velvet robes meeting underground somewhere and chanting to each other or like, you know, going to some like going to some grove and worshiping a giant owl. Yeah, like a bohemian grove. Yeah, or something. I'm not saying anything like that. I've never been invited to that party. Well, get ready. <laughs> you know, I went to Burning Man and they're, they're, they're rich people. They rich people have conferences together. They have meetings together. They're friends with each other. Naturally, one guy from one industry is going to be like, here's my plan. The other guy says, oh, that works for me. So these things exist. But like, if we we're going to operate under the assumption that they did have total control, like they could go to YouTube and say, shut these channels down, then is it really freedom when they're just like, yeah, don't ban that Tim Pool guy. Let, let, let him keep doing his thing. It's good. You know, you know what he did? What I really like? He had some guy on this Ben Stewart guy who said a bunch of crazy stuff. And then because we were able to identify him, we nuked his channel. You see what I mean? Yeah, I see what you're saying with the freedoms thing, and, and freedom is is uh, not not to get too philosophical here, but like it depends on when whether you're talking about freedoms that are socially agreed upon or the freedom I claim for myself and I just behave upon. And for the most part, like it it all seems like it's 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 being trampled on, but that also seems like history to me. I, I can see that we are in many ways so much better off today than any other time in history. Like, I, I know a lot of people that are like, I would love to just live, you know, go back to nature. And 
I think that's a, such a romantic idea until you realize what mosquitoes are like when you live in nature. And what you got to wipe your butt with. And what the water is like. You got to worry about amoebas and, and stuff. You You're boiling cut. everything. Like We love our conveniences. And this is where I, I'm at is I think we're close to where we want to be. There's a lot of hiccups, and I think there, there's always been this grab for power, and we've never been so close to, to globalism. We've never been so close to globalism unless you, you take a look at what Graham Hancock and people are saying about the ancient, ancient past. But, Atlantis. Right. But, but I like, think you're even now is even more. We're, I mean, we're going through stuff today that is like really 10, 15 years ago, like only a fraction of the population could even like wrap their heads around. So, like, I think we're close. I mean, like, we all have phones. I remember saying, I'm never getting a cell phone. And guess how long it took me to actually get a cell phone? Two years. And not even. Oh, not even. Months. I was in the band, and I needed to, to keep in contact with them. And then I was like, I don't ever need to get a smartphone. I'm going to keep this Nokia. I'm going to keep this flip phone. And it just it just Angry happens. Birds came out, man. And mm-hmm. you watch your friend play Angry Birds, and you're like, dude, how was I going to know where the Pokemon were going? Dude, without I my smartphone, Final Fantasy on my cell phone, mm. and put it on double speed, so I beat the game in twice as fast. Hey, whenever yeah. somebody asks me a question and I don't know it, I pray to Google, and divinely I get that. All answer. you got to do is ask. Yeah, yeah. You ever see that Star Trek episode where they go to this planet where at they're like the people are really dumb, don't know how to do anything because. Their ancestors built this uh, supercomputer that did like took care of their lives for them, and so then I, I I I may be forgetting the episode, but basically what happens is like they can't have kids anymore. Something's happening, so they try and kidnap kids from the Enterprise. But basically, it's like what, what was brilliant about the Next Generation is it, it showed you the philosophical consequences of certain ideologies, technological advancements, and systems of government. In this instance, you had people who were managed by a computer within several generations had no idea how to do anything. And just became completely helpless. Mm. So it, it, we're getting there as well. I know. Yeah, <laughs> we right. definitely I mean, are. So, so I, I, there's a story I love. A story I love. I read a long time ago about a family on a beach when a black wolf walked up on the beach, and the family panicked and ran into the water and climbed on a rock. You know, you know, fifteen or twenty feet out, and the wolf just paced back and forth, staring at him, while the the dad, the wife, and the two kids were like huddled together, crying and terrified. And I think about that story, and I'm like. Maybe it's romanticizing the past, but I'd imagine if this was hundreds of years ago, the dad would have been wearing thick leathers and had a sword on him, and he would have pulled out a sword and said, family, get back. Mm. And then he would have like prepared, or he would have had a spear or a shield or something. Now, we walk around in like thin cotton shirts. Mm -hmm. We're not prepared for fighting at all. Asking where the police are. Yeah. 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 No, I I totally agree. And, you know, I think history, uh, I also look at it archetypally. Like, what is timeless? Like... As things advance, like technology, we are giving up. We're outsourcing a lot of our thinking. Like, you know, people are saying, like, we don't even know how to do math in our heads. We got calculators. You know what? I'm okay with that. I was never that into math. Maybe some people want to know math. And guess what? That the the existence of a calculator doesn't mean you can't learn math. So there's certain things I'm a, I'm happy to give up for the conveniences of them because I at least... I've felt where my center is and where I want my time and attention to go. So I'm, I'm down with outsourcing. Like, I don't, like, you know, where GPS is causing us to forget how to navigate. Perhaps, perhaps. But I don't feel like I've lost how to navigate just because of GPS. But I'll tell you what it has done. I hopped in my car this morning thinking, oh man, I might be late for this 
for this um, uh, flight to get here. And I just threw on my GPS. It got me straight there. It told me right when I would get there. It told me exactly how to get into the uh, the parking garage. Like, it makes some things easier. It's not just the world is getting worse and we're becoming super dumb. You have agency. Let's go back to the chickens. Yes. Right? So the chickens are taking a dump in all their water. And people on this show say, Tim, buy the nipple water thing. And so I go on Amazon and I order it. I have no idea what's happening after that. Uh, the, the signal gets sent to a warehouse or something. Some guy starts pulling something out of a box. The chickens have no idea what's going on. One day, it just shows up, and their life has changed, and their water is now clean. And they probably don't even understand what clean water means, to be completely honest. The reason I bring this up again is, imagine this. You mentioned we're forgetting how to do things. Mm. Oh, the calculator, you know, it's we forgot how to do math, and the GPS, we forgot how to navigate. We may be the chicken sitting there just clueless. And there may be, I don't know, maybe there's some like rich billionaire who's planning on integrating computers into our brains with something he would call, uh, what, what, what would be a good name for something like, like a, like a link to your neurons, yeah, like, like a neural a link. A link. Yeah, maybe something. there's a billionaire. Chicken chip. Mm-hmm. Chicken chip. <laughs> maybe while we're sitting here being like, look what this technology is doing. It's, it's removing our ability to do these things. Maybe Elon Musk is like that chicken water thing already on its way to solve some problem that we may be concerned about how the technology is affecting us. And then Neuralink happens. And you just said it. How long did it take you to get the cell phone? Yeah, when Neuralink comes out and then everyone just gets it. Mm-hmm. And they're going to be like, yo, just uh, you know, link me the information for the show. And you're like, oh, I don't, I don't got link. It's like, bro, let me, let me just link Ian real quick and I'll have him tell you. And then you're like, I'll get a link. Hold dude. on, I'll triangulate. And we're mm-hmm. all together. Yeah. And then like th- there was actually an outer limits about this where there were like Wi-Fi nodes everywhere and people had – it was called the stream hmm. where they had instant access to the network. So they just knew. They, if they needed to know something, they just would like think it and then it would then be transmitted to them. So imagine Neuralink becomes ubiquitous and you're like, I'm not getting that Neuralink thing. And then you're trying to go to the movies and your friends are like, dude, I'm going to drive because I don't want – I want you getting lost with your stupid GPS. Like – that's ridiculous. I, I just know where to go. Right. And then you go, okay, fine, dude, whatever. And then you go to like, you know, Neuralink Mobile and they're like, it's a quick and painless procedure. We just, you know, click it right into the back of your neck and then boom, you're linked up. The other guy mm-hmm. be like, bro, I already got the, the upgrade. I already saw the movie. You don't yeah. even, I, I see it before it even comes out. Dude, man. could you imagine like, you I've seen every movie. You guys want to see Fast, Fast and the Furious 15? Yeah. Like, that was Everyone good. Like you know, out for like six seconds because like Whoa. time is not time is kind of relevant. Dude, when Vin Diesel, he's like in the walker, and then he like throws it and fights the guy, and the guy's Gosh. got a cane. Yeah. Well, I I wonder what people because um so Terrell McSweeney, I think it was she worked under Obama and and Biden. I think it's Terrell McSweeney. It was like in two thousand. 2017, she was talking about the Internet of Bodies and brain-machine interfaces. And she was saying, well, the first thing we really need to figure out is um, innovation is way ahead of regulation. And what that means is what happens if you have, like, your mojo vision, which gives you a heads-up display in your eye. It's implanted in, in your eye, and it goes defunct. Who takes it out? What if that company folds? Who's liable to take that technology out? So there's a bunch of that kind of stuff. Plus, with the brain-machine interfaces, if you can – because they were already talking about what about people um, with tendencies – I wonder if I can uh, even mention that word. But like bad, bad tendencies. Can you suppress their tendencies? Do you have the right to suppress their tendencies? Do you have the right to introduce different memories you know, and, and these are things that literally this woman was talking about in front of a board saying we need to figure out how to regulate it because guess what? It's already on its way. 
So, like, my my thoughts behind that are, you know, like, it's very interesting when we're talking about technology. I think we talked about this last time because there was this book um, called What Technology Wants. And this guy was saying it's very likely that no matter how many times you rewind history and play it again, we'll always come up with technology. Evolution will always produce humans, and humans will always produce technology, especially at a certain population density. So the interesting thing is, is like, and I'm not going to get, you know, spiritual or religious here, but for people who, who believe that we are all connected in some way, shape, or form, where does God not exist? Like technology, you know, like we, we call it blasphemous because we can't wrap our heads around the fact that this could be evolutionary. This could be the, you know, and I'm not saying where we're at and tech, I'm going to get so many people telling me like, like, bro, 5G and blah, blah, blah. And I'm saying like, no, where technology is at today is super rudimentary. I wouldn't implant anything in my heads. I can't foresee that mainly because the trust thing, I don't trust the, the, the reception, the, the, the vibrations, the frequencies that it uses. I don't trust who would be on the other side of it. There's some trust issues I'd need to get over. But the thing is, is like, at the end of the day, if it were benevolent, if it were, let's just say, hypothetically, would you, would you allow a technology that, that, let's say, could even be therapeutic to you, be not even implanted in you? Because some people are saying, bro, you're not going to need to implant it. There are technologies that can be a couple inches away from your skull mm-hmm. and still g- get yeah. the same neuronal um, ag- uh, agonist. Um, or it, transmit, it'll, I mean, transmit right. it, it'll transmit and light up the right parts of the brain. You know, my, my words are, are failing. I like agonist. Did you, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but didn't the eye evolve on Earth like four different times independently? Six. 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 I wow. think it, it was six different times in the Cambrian era or something like that. Independently. Independently. And, and th- that's just one example. In this book, they were talking about how like you would still get no matter how many times, even on a different planet, it would make sense that you would have symmetrical beings where the DNA doesn't need to be so robust that, like, just copy most of the left side to the right side. DNA doesn't have to be super jacked to be able to do that. On several different continents, um, evolving separately, there were similar things. Bipedal, fingered, you know, um, creatures where their heads are, you know, erect six five, six feet above the ground, it makes sense to have that, right? So this is really interesting when you get into religion and simulation theory, which I feel like the the, the simplest form of simulation theory is very rudimentary religion in general. The idea of a more advanced or powerful entity or whatever creating everything. But when you talk about technology as part of evolution, I've long thought about that like it's inevitable. And it may literally just be that uh, – let me, let me slow down. Life evolved through this, this competition, this back and forth. Evolution isn't linear, right? Gazelle evolved to run faster because lions are fast and eat them, and the lions have to be faster, and then eventually you get different cats. All of these things happen until eventually something emerges out of this adaptation that bypasses the evolutionary process, intelligence, an, ad- an instant knowledge-based adaptation. Before adaptation required generations of life to emerge. You had to have a baby. The baby was slightly different. A bunch of flies would get too hot and die, but the ones that survived could survive hotter temperatures. Well, then along came humans with the ability to instantly manipulate their own environments. With this, humans have basically told evolution, you're done. 
Because what happens when the lion shows up? The humans invent the spear and the lion can't get close. Mm -hmm. Eventually, humans invent guns and then they own everything. Too hot? Humans invent air conditioning and now they survive longer in the summer. Too cold? They invent heaters. Now they survive longer in the winter. The technology was the next level of evolution where a mind the mind, a mind evolved to understand and manipulate the environment with the right appendages for fine tuning fingers, fingernails, all that stuff. And now the next step is going to be we create artificial intelligence in life. And perhaps I was reading this. I can't remember who wrote this. There were some scientists who said their prediction for life is that humans will create artificial, artificial intelligence that self replicates. And near the heat death of the universe, there will be supercomputers floating around for billions of years, collecting loose electrons, and after hundreds upon hundreds of billions of years, connect them and replicate and keep going. Hmm. Yeah. What's interesting is you actually mentioned something that's in the book, What Technology Wants. And it's how how evolution happens in spurts and, and fits and stuff like that. But where the similar things have evolved on different continents there's sometimes like something will will jump ahead but there seems to be a sequence in evolution and some things will jump ahead but not far ahead in evolution but once you get to humans the interesting thing you mentioned about how we change our environment you guys know with plants like the phenotype is what the environment does to the genes what the environment pulls from the genes so when we change our environment, we are all automatically changing the phenotypic expression of our genes, which we know turns epigenetic. We know we pass that down. And the only difference is with technology, technology can radically jump farther. It doesn't have to follow the same sequence of slow evolution. You have to go through this step to get to that step yeah. to get to that step. Technology can make leaps and bounds difference. Uh, you know, different strides. Discoveries. Yeah. You know, the, the discovery of the charge electromagnetic magnetic spectrum created a wave of new technologies. The discovery uh, uh, of petroleum within what decades we made petrochemicals and plastics and just changed everything. Plastics really, really were revolutionary. All of a sudden, we could make this moldable hard substance that allowed us to make so much more than we normally could. Did you see what George Carlin said about plastic? No, what did he say? What if the only reason why uh, the Earth even created humans was to get plastic? Yeah. Didn't want the humans, <laughs> wanted plastic. <laughs> yeah, and something had to make it. Something, you know, and then and here's our, our demise and what's going to be left over? All that plastic in the Mariana Trench. and <laughs> you, know what, you know what trips me out is like we, we have decoy ducks. You know, we like you put a little wooden duck in the pond totally. and the ducks come up to it and they're like, what up girl? But they're talking to a wooden block. <laughs> what if like aliens have decoy humans and we Ooh. can't tell them apart? What if, you know, I, I mentioned the chickens thing because I think it's a really good analogy. Grand Canyon University's RN to BSN online degree program makes earning your bachelor's in nursing possible. Balance online coursework with local in-person clinicals to position yourself for potential leadership opportunities in the time you have from wherever you are. Leaving room for what matters. Achieve your goals with your personalized plan and team behind you. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Visit gcu.edu. Chickens, they, they know me, sort of. I go in there and I do stuff, and they're, like, confused and scared and always staring at me. But they have no concept of cars or anything like this. Right. To them, it doesn't exist as far as they're concerned. It's just weird nonsense. We see a bunch of weird nonsense all the time. We talk about the mysteries and the paranormal. Imagine this. We're, we're, we're sitting here going, like, dude, I had a friend, and, like, he wants to, like, turn the corner, and there was a large shadow figure. Whoa. And that's the same as the chicken being, like, a giant thing with, like, 
these things that were around were like growling at me and it was like the craziest thing. It was this giant rock with, with growl, growling. <laughs> you know, that's like us. Like we have no idea we're talking about. And for all we know, the aliens are looking at us like dumb chickens going like giant, giant rock screams. Ah. Yeah. Yeah. What's funny is how much we can all witness the same thing. But if you're not ready to see what you're seeing, your mind will fill in the blanks differently than the person right next to you. You know that legend of like when Christopher Columbus was coming to the, the, the Bahamas or the Korean, the natives couldn't see the boats. You mm-hmm. ever hear that? Mm-hmm. So for those that aren't familiar, have you heard this? Yeah, yet? I've heard this. They So because their brains had no concept of large vessels, they wouldn't even they, they would look off on the horizon and completely it was there like they could physically see it, but their brains didn't process it. They ignored the information. And it wasn't until this is, this is how the legend goes. One of the elders noticed the wave patterns changing, mm. looked up at where the wave pattern was coming from and said, there's something weird there. And then told people, look at the weird thing. And they're like, what? What? It's like, it's right there. And they're like, oh, there is a weird thing there. Mm. So I, I, I remember hearing about that story. And so I always whenever I'm driving on road trips, I'm, I, 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 in one instance, I'm with my friend and it's a field. We're like driving across a great plain and there's a big cell phone tower massive gray tower with blinking lights and the crazy antennas and i said look what do you see what's what's right there and my friend's like what are you what are you you pointing at i'm like what do you see right ahead of us we're coming up on it and they're like there's nothing there what are you talking about and i'm like dude people never think about cell phone towers they don't know what they are it's not relevant to them it's out of sight out of mind so i was like there is a tower right there And they're like what are you talking about i'm like big gray tower (laughs) blinking lights and they're like oh yeah 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 you shouldn't see it at all because they're like, I don't know what I'm looking I for. You, I don't know what this you're is, talking about. It's part of what psychedelics just totally changed me because when I would take like psilocybin, every outline of each piece of thing I would look at and see like I would notice all the things that I'm familiar, like familiarity bias I, I that I gloss over, that I'm desensitized to in natural order. But with these these medicines or whatever you want to call these chemicals, I'm like very observant of, of the pieces and angles and shapes of my surroundings. They, mm. they, they say that when the, the, sci- the scientists, like they put a bunch of scientists in a room and they were microdosing on LSD, LSD or whatever, that they were able to see the things they were normally overlooking. So it's, it's like the idea, I guess, was because our brains are rooted in this routine and this pattern and we have expectations, it's hard for us to see things that don't matter to us. I think it's more of a case of survival because Jordan Peterson talks about this a little bit. He's like, if you notice everything that's going on around you all the time, it's incredibly distracting and you're going to lose your ability to determine where there's possibly danger coming from. Yeah, there's 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 a filter. I, I Was it Aldous Huxley who said um, it was the doors of perception? It blows the doors of perception wide open. We, Our nervous system would be like on edge all the time if we noticed everything we have these the raffine nuclei in the in the back of the brain and they light up when we detect novelty something new and a lot of the times it's if most of the times it's if you're ready to see something and sometimes not you know we we know that sometimes we do see something that we're not ready for um but the interesting thing with psychedelics is I think more the the auditory and the things that aren't just visual. We always talk about what we see, but you ever listen to music on a psychedelic or you feel like one hair touching your face and it's it it it's it amplifies what you're experiencing. 
And so like a lot of what I love about the, the more traditional ways of doing it is they have a set and setting that empirically for thousands and thousands of years, they have it set up in this way. And it might seem really silly and dumb to, to blow tobacco smoke over somebody's head and, you know, you know, tap them on the head over and over again with a, uh, with a feather or something along those lines while singing a song. But you know what? Like in those ceremonies, those are the most profound moments. It's, it's not like, you know, it's not, you know, just these, these wild kaleidoscopic things that you see. It's usually the insights you glean about yourself. And how the music got you there, how the smell of the tobacco got you there. So it's, it's, it's all contextual as well. And that's why I said when you were saying like these psychedelics can, can open you up to a new world. I, I think there's something about the pharmaceuticalization of psychedelics that they're even saying, can we take out the psychedelic experience, but still get the effects of iboga? Like, you know, how iboga or ibogaine is getting people off of opioid addictions and stuff like that. Can we just take out the psychedelic? Because people, that scares too many people. And they're all the the major, like Dennis McKenna saying, these are ordeal medicines. They heal people by what they make you face on the inside. we got to go to Super Chats. Let's do but it. for completely no reason, I just want to mention two paranormal experiences that I've had in my life just because it's fun. Let's do it. The first was, uh, they both these both happened when I was relatively young, when I was probably like 13 or 14. And I remember one day I woke up in my bed. And there were, there were like black silhouette figures walking past my door. And it was like three in the morning. And I remember seeing that and then getting freaked out. It was like shadow people, people who experience sleep paralysis explain, you know, similar things. I've had that. And then I just decided to lay back and like sleep on my side and keep my eyes closed and just go back to sleep and ignore it. When it felt like one of these figures walked up and stood next to my bed and was just standing there. And I could hear like the footsteps and feel like the presence, like, like you could just, you just know. And I'm just sitting there like my eyes closed. I'm like, I'm going to ignore this. Probably a really dumb thing to do because like imagine if someone broke into my house and I'm like, I'm going to pretend like it's not happening. <laughs> so I, I don't know. Maybe that's all it was. Maybe someone broke into my house in the middle of the night and that's what, something, something simple. But this, the, the other experience I had when I was about the same age, I was laying in my bed and I woke up around two or three in the morning, clearly woke up and I was, I, I sleep on my side and I rolled over on my left side. And on the floor, I saw what looks like the reflect a very, very intense reflection of water. So you ever see like a pool and then when light hits it, there's like the weird waves in the ceiling. Mm -hmm. Imagine that. Imagine it like two feet by two feet, but intensely bright. It was this like pulsating and that sent shivers down my spine. I panicked, rolled over the other side and just like started sweating profusely. I'm going back to bed. I'm going back to bed. I don't know what that is. I don't know what I'm looking at. I don't want to get up. I'm scared. Hmm. Yeah. Hmm. Creepy. Portal. I don't know what it was. When you wait, I saw infrared light one time when I woke up. I had my phone like right here and I woke up and I saw the light going in. It looked like it was going into the phone and I felt my brain like twist and the light went in and it was gone. I didn't see it. And I was like, Oh, I wish I could still like Crazy. your mind's in another place when let's you're go, sleeping. Let, let, let's jump to super chat. Let's definitely do that. I just want to say your brain produces drugs. <laughs> yes. DMT. Yes, sir. Yeah. And 5-MeO-DMT, dopamine, cannabinoids, I mean, uh, PCP analog. Your brain's got a lot of drugs. I mean, we're all holding. It's illegal. It's internally in our brains. Uh, All right. We're going to go Super Chats. If you haven't already, smash the like button and go to TimCast.com. Become a member because we are going to have a very dark and serious bonus segment coming up. With a little music. 
with a little music. That's right. Yeah. To lighten the mood before we get into the scary series. <laughs> yes. Because you may have noticed that the episode, it's like, wait, wait, we'll save that one. And you might know where we're going to go, um, but YouTube would nuke us in two seconds. So we'll keep this one for the members. And uh, let's read some of these super chats. Don't forget, smash that like button. Get your super chats in while you can. Name Surname says, if each of you could have the powers of any video game character, who would it be? I want to be super hot guy. Super hot guy. Um, video game character, superpowers. Man, I, I mean, I, I feel like you you mentioned Zelda, and I know Zelda wasn't the guy, but I think Link? I would choose Zelda. Oh, Link? You would want Zelda's like the, Zelda's, the Zelda's got powers. That's what I'd be. Yeah. What's her power? I'd be Zelda. Zelda's uh, the, pri- the pri- Well, like princess. in Smash Brothers. Are you she- telling me I can't be a princess? Okay, hey, hands off. You're <laughs> Zelda. It, Zelda, she turns into Sheik. It's like her alter ego. And she can throw needles. And then she has like the little grappling hook and the like the string bombs and stuff. Mm-hmm. And Zelda herself can like teleport. I think I would pick I'm Nash. In. I'm total Zelda. I'd pick Nash from uh, Lunar the Silver Star. He's a lightning mage. Although I do like healing powers, but I think I have commanding lightning is pretty exciting. Lydia? Uh, ooh, I don't really play video games. Pac-Man, so right? I wasn't really, yeah, I mean, <laughs> I mean, this Pac-Man. Ghosts. <laughs> I want to run from ghosts and eat dots. Right. I would eat berries, yeah. I, I'd, I'd say uh, Load Runner. I can oh, dissolve yeah. bricks in front of me and to my, to my left or right, but not below me, to <laughs> trap creatures that are chasing me, which they then climb out of the hole. I'm kidding. I have no idea. <laughs> wow. uh, That's a great know. question. You, you, Thank you for that. Crash Bandicoot. You can spin really fast and break bricks or something. Yeah. There's some no, really no, powerful Mario. video games. I got I to admit, Mario's Mario? a good power. Yoshi. I'd be Ma- Yoshi. Yoshi. Totally. Mario can can jump really high. What, what did they say? that? Uh, uh, that Eats sp- mushrooms. He can jump 21 feet. When when oh, you when you take oh, the size of Mario on uh, Nintendo and then calculate how high he jumps, they like mapped it out and said it's about twenty one feet. If if Mario is the average height, you know, or if, if they said if he was like five foot six or something. Interesting. He's jumping like twenty one feet and he can punch bricks yeah. and they explode. Shatter. True. He shatters bricks with a fist, throws fire, and then he puts on that cat suit and plays around like a furry. I like his yeah. wardrobe. Yeah, he's pretty cool. His wardrobe's all right. He has cool friends <laughs> too. Tight. I like him. All right. Jimmy Quinto says, who's ready for this upcoming market crash in July? I mean, I'm as ready as I can be. I don't know. What are you, how do you feel about that, Ben? Man, you know what? Um, I was reading something right before coming here, wondering whether it's true or not. It was a supposedly declassified document about a lockdown coming in the UK with talking about specific years on what shortages are coming in what years. I won't go any deeper than that, but... Um, yeah, I mean, buy buy food, learn how to grow food, maybe learn how to treat water, and get to know your neighbors. Do a couple push-ups. Good, I just did good some advice. Of those today. There you go. Splitting Wave says dinosaur fossils are creatures buried in Noah's flood. God declared he would never again destroy the world with water. Next time it will be fire. Enter the ark through the door that is Jesus Christ. Hmm. I don't know about all that. Aren't there but, aliens under Denver International Airport? I heard you guys that talking is about the word on the street. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean that's a really old conspiracy theory. You know, it's fun and silly. I, never, and I they make things up. I lived in Boulder and I went to DIA. I've never seen a dinosaur, but there's some weird stuff there. There's Those murals are pretty interesting. Like gigantic caverns under the surface of Earth. I, we've only been like eight miles deep, oh, yeah. and apparently, like these ancient aquifers that are now emptied, like could have microbial life, much spore life. It could have animal life i mean we really don't know Mm. the mad machina says biden is jar jar binks convincing the republic to cede power to the government by being hapless harris is anakin pelosi is probably the emperor yeah 
Clef the Misfit says, let's finally get this Star Wars analogy correct. Biden is Palpatine and Kamala is Darth Vader. Trump was Mace Windu, but has been <laughs> defeated and Order 66 has been ordered. Luke Skywalker is Ron DeSantis. Actually, that that is a better analogy. Hmm. Order 66, they're like, you know, the war on terror is coming home. They're going to go after the militias and all that. So this guy's saying, I, I assume it's a guy, I'm sorry, um, that Kamala's going to bring balance to the force. Oh, I don't think so. Mm. Yeah, but it wasn't in a good way. Like, bringing balance to the force meant killing all the Jedi. This is true. So there were, like, two left, I guess. Very disturbing. All right. Although, you know what one of the problems is? They say bring balance to the force because they're, like, two. Like, so the idea is, like, aha, there were two Sith. So then all the Jedi are wiped out except for, like, Obi-Wan and, you know. Yoda. Yoda, mm-hmm. I guess. Except now we learn in the extended universe, like, Ahsoka. Well, not even extended. It's, like, it's canon. Ahsoka survived. Oh, Disney upsetting the balance? How odd. Oh, yeah, <laughs> <how did> that. <laughs> mm. All right. Jonathan Bogus says, Hey, Tim, I set, sent you a pitch earlier, but it turned into a resume. So here's the pitch. A weekly D&D game that explores dynamic political, cultural, and socioeconomic environments vibrant enough to elicit cu- questions and conversations from your politically savvy, savvy audience. Done. We will hire the game master. Immediately send your resumes to jobs at timcast.com. Here's the idea. You have one week to come up with a, a, a simple-to-play scenario predetermined characters maybe do like four maybe five characters you'll give people their character sheets we need a game master who knows politics who's a big fan of stargate star trek and what's hmm. far, people said mentioned farscape what, what are some other good seen it. sci-fi oh. firefly well, I mean, yeah. obviously oh, star wars yeah. people who understand questions around philosophy technology quantum physics Battlestar galactica Battlestar galactica because then what we do is we have this game master create scenarios and then you create characters with certain strengths and weaknesses, have them play out the scenario and see how it turns out. I like that. I would love to play. Is this a drinking game? Or yes. That is definitely it's optional. Gonna be, it's it's got to be yeah. fun and silly and hilarious. I like it. Where someone's like the emperor and they're like, I'm executing the peasants. Give me the drink. I'm drink. Yeah. Like, roll, <laughs> like, roll fortitude save okay. and roll initiative. It's like natural 20 and everyone's been wiped out. Game's over. Uh, and I, I would love to use uh, D&D 3.5, uh, but I'm open to 5.0 because it's easier. It's easier to play. It's very, very smooth. But I love 3.5. It's a little more complicated. I, you think like in a week someone could create a, diff- a different scenario every week that yeah. would be fun. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, yeah, in their with brain with a good writer. Yeah, yeah. and absolutely. it would explore. It would explore like okay, in this scenario you're on a, the Death Star, and you you're a janitor, and the rebels are coming to Dude, blow it up. There's you know this. What, I mean? there's <laughs> what do you do? Do you save the Death Star? Because you're like there's millions of janitors. There's like um in <laughs> Planescape, I think was a D and D game where you, you there's this realm where there's all these portals that take you to other dimensions of possibility so you could every every episode could be through another portal and then we could be in another realm we could be in different bodies i i imagine the conversation that would come up around this i think that's pretty there, there need to be some like you know okay too much talking not enough yeah. playing but uh, i i had an idea for a video game and i'll just give it away for free because it's been a decade but the idea was it's a it's an open world game like gta or Fallout, or whatever and you play the game normally th- Monday through Friday, collecting items, trying to survive. It's an, it's like a normal world like GTA. You can get arrested. But on Friday nights at 7 p.m., an apocalypse happens. And it's a random apocalypse every week. So what would happen is you would develop, say, 13 scenarios. Then once the game is ready to launch, every Friday you would do a different scenario. And then there would be a repeat. So or it would be like randomized. So imagine this. You're playing a game. You collect a bunch of bottles of water and food and you get some guns. Then Friday happens and you're like 7 p.m. Everyone's sitting there playing the game, counting down. And it's like five, 
four, three, two, one. The moon explodes. Dude, you and then me. tsunamis happen. Firestorm. So here's the goal of the game. Next week, you're what you're counting down, and all of a sudden, boom, zombies start coming out from the alleyways. The idea is catching people off guard, and then after the scenario ends on Sunday, who survived the weekend? Because you, you die, you're out for the weekend, and then you come back on Monday and you start fresh. And then what we do is we cal- we analyze the data and say, when the zombies attacked, 37.3% of people ran out with no weapons, started punching zombies, and most of them died. You know, 12.3% hid in the basement for the whole weekend. Congratulations, you survived and you barely played the game. You can track that kind of stuff. There's also scenarios you can do where you're counting down to 7 p.m. and all of a sudden, boom, your guy, it says you've been enlisted. You are now a member of the military. A revolution is breaking out. Half the people are chosen to be revolutionaries. Half the people are chosen to be the military. Turn and look at your friend, right? He's sitting right yep, next to you. Yep, yep. And then it's like, what do you do? And then you, you, it's a, it, people would n- have no idea what's to come. And then we would just show people the stats of like how people responded to this wow. apocalypse. It's interesting because you'll get into all the different kinds of strategies because most people think, you know, like, oh, man, a big, a big event's coming. Let's prepare this way. And this will really tease out some of the nuances of what certain kinds of preparation will actually be good and which ones may not. Because imagine this. Imagine, like, you have no idea what's going to happen. And then... Uh, a tsunami hits and everybody who was just on the lower floors is just wiped out. 90% of people were wiped wow. out without even realizing it. And they're mm. like, dude. And then they go in spectator mode and they're watching, like they're watching streams of people or they're watching other people. And there was a dude who just decided to climb on top of a building and he was chilling. And now he's on top of the building. Like, what do we do now? But then let's say someone climbs the top of the building and then a massive storm hits right. and then he gets blown away. Like you have no idea what's going to happen. We should call the game preparation. Maybe. H preparation yeah, H say. yeah the down. H on like a line <laughs> that's right oh, no all right the comedian says Snowden called it the Lassie effect where politicians trying to tell us about NSA spying but couldn't legally speak up what's that boy Timmy's in the well we need to learn I blink Morse code hmm yeah writing in code that's something I think Da Vinci did a lot of because his stuff was kind of her- heretical totally I don't think he did it through I blinks but he he definitely encoded yeah. it. <laughs> He had an actual written code that he would do. Totally. Yeah. I like I like a lot of those uh, older texts that, you know, we don't even know if the author was really the author. Oh, yeah. The isn't the, What's the, the story of the Bible being written in code, that Tom Hanks movie? It's not a response. Well, the Da Vinci Code. The Da Vinci yeah. Code. And there's also, um, oh, man, Horowitz. Leonard Horowitz breaks down the code of the Bible. There's, there's a few people that break it down slightly differently. And that, again, shows you apophenia can kick in at any time. What's that? Apophenia is where you you see patterns. You can connect patterns that aren't actually there. Um, that's that's the, the overall apophenia is like you can connect patterns and they make perfect sense. And that's where a lot of – I bet a lot of conspiracy comes from. Not all, but a lot of people's conspiracy is like – when you break it down and there's no evidence, but like, come on, you know they would do this in this scenario, which is really just a... We, we got a couple important Super Chats. Uh, Etherol says, Apple doesn't receive your fingerprint or face ID data. It's all saved directly on your phone. Apple has been doing a really good job privacy-wise. I find that surprising, but mm-hmm. all right. Cerilio says, on the fingerprint note, think of face ID and that's uh, and that's use. However, I'd say it's in use. I'd say it started with real ID compliance stemming from the Patriot Act. Buying tickets to Orlando for my wife and I's honeymoon. In the terms, you agree to a biometric scan upon entry. There's this thing they have. I'm not going to mention the name of the company. Where if you agree to a biometric scan, they say that they'll escort you into the airport. And I was all excited for this. 
I was like, ooh, this is awesome. Because I, I have TSA pre. You know, mm. so when you're flying, it's like I just go to the faster line and I've got to take off my shoes or whatever. And so I do this new thing where it's like they made it sound like they would just walk me through the door and say, have a nice day because they've checked my fingerprints, my face. They've scanned crazy background check. All they did was walk me to the TSA pre-line. I was like, what am I paying for? And they were like, well, that's what we do. And I'm like, I already have this. So I just canceled it. Mm. Interesting. Yeah, that's. They I mean, walked me to the front of the TSA pre-line with like three people in it, to be fair. Uh, yeah. But I'm yeah. like, really helpful. Well, the whole, the whole gathering biometric data, like it's definitely having. Have you guys heard of Yoroi? It's Mm-mm. the light wallet for Cardano. You know Cardano? Yeah. Oh yeah, definitely. I have some. Yeah. And I mean, there, there's a lot, there's a lot good with that, but there, there's a lot about just like harvesting the biometric data and what Cardano is doing over in Africa. But maybe I'll save that for, that's fast for later. Yeah. I wonder definitely. if there's any way to avoid it or if it's just the natural evolution of, of species. I, I don't, I don't think there is. And I honestly don't think that actively, what do you call it? Like, you know, butting heads against it, trying to destroy it is the way forward. All right. Devin H. says, hey, Tim, there was a shooting in Colorado. Gunman killed a cop. A bystander shot the gunman. Officers arriving killed the bystander. Has received no mainstream media. This actually was, yeah, we are Change Colorado. It was a a friend of Luke Rutkowski. Yep. So uh, Luke knew him. He and, and, you know, he hit me up as soon as was happening. He's like, I think this is what happened. And I was like, bro. And turns out, I mean, look, a lot of people I see are blaming the cops for this. And I'm like, it's it's a tragedy. The dude was trying to stop a madman. The cop pulled up and saw a guy shooting, getting reports there was a shooting. You get a re- you're get a you a cop and you hear a report. A man just shot a cop and wow. he rushes up and he sees a guy standing there with a gun shooting. Uh. And they're like, I got to stop him. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, really, I, I wouldn't blame the cops in this situation because, like, I mean, it's so easy to sit in your chair, read a computer and say what you would do in that scenario. Yeah, you know th- this is just. It seems this is just one of those very unfortunate events. This guy was was being a hero from the way that I saw. You know, I, I saw Luke's meme, and it yeah. was it was a nice one. And this this guy really was doing a heroic thing. He put his neck out there. He paid the ultimate price and probably saved lives. So, yeah. Sky Rowland says, "Fresh and fit, coming to a Timcast near you." I've heard rumors. I've heard rumors. Tune in. Grave367 says, BlackRock, why does Thorson want my house and DNA? Is that how you pronounce it? Thorson? Who's Thorson? He's the, uh, uh, that's the, the, um, uh, the, 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 the dark, uh, dwarves in World of Warcraft. Emperor Thorson. Hmm. Oh, is it? Emperor, that's his name. He's Emperor, Emperor Thorson. The dark dwarves from, um, oh, from BlackRock. So yeah. BlackRock Downs. BlackRock Mountain. I never got there. I, I my friends were all level sixty by the time I was yeah, level, level 40, 48. Wow, I know I, I missed. I was like ten levels behind, so I never got to ex- enjoy those realms from Badlands I on. I don't know where they're at now, but I'm pretty sure they're an allied race now. Like you can play as them in Warcraft. Oh, you're saying the no? dark dwarves? No, I'm. I'm just oh, okay. Listening. I was like, Sorry, oh well, correct me if I'm faces. wrong. No, <laughs> no, I'm pretty. No I'm pretty sure you can. You. I'm pretty sure he's in Hearthstone, right? He costs five. He's a five five, and he makes all the cards in your hand cost one less every, every turn. turn. He's great. Yeah, he's powerful. And then his wife, when she her death rattle, she summons him. I think. Oh, and then there's the Grim Patrons. Whenever they take damage, they, they, they become another one. patron. Yeah, yeah, Those yeah. are awesome. Yep. Great game. All right, let's see what we got here. BlackRock Beacon says, with all this talk about BlackRock, I feel the need to say I'm not related in any way to any other similarly named entity. Tim <laughs> thought the subverse name debacle was bad. At least the other guys weren't suspected of being evil. Oh. <laughs> Raymond Chamas says, I'm being censored on Twitter. Raymond underscore Chamas. Probably. <laughs> Dakota no. says, Timcast is allowed to exist because it adds to the harmonizing. 
It's a good point. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. The harmony of nature. Harmony. G, this is awesome, says Tim is openly controlled. He's not allowed to talk about fraud or medication for 2020 problems. But I will say, if you go to TimCast.com, you want to see a conversation with Steve Bannon, it's available there. And if you want to see a conversation with Candace Owens talking about Bill Gates, it's also available there. I think we're not long for this YouTube world, but for the time being, we'll just make sure the platforms exist where we can have the conversations we need to have. We're hiring more writers. We're going to do more shows. We got the paranormal mystery stuff on the way. This is already so awesome. So we, we need the new website format so it's easier to navigate. But then we're going to have a new paranormal show. I already have a name idea for it, but I'm not going to say it until we can claim all of the, you know, proper credentials and everything. But, uh, it's going to be fun. The idea is we're going to have like a 10 to 15 minute, like actual episode where we'll have sound effects and the, we'll have uh, our, our writers will be doing voiceover saying like, you know, and then the guy did this. It's November 13th, 1952 in Alabama. A giraffe was spotted running across the street. And then you hear, oh. like, hoofs clacking. <laughs> and then after that, like, 10-minute storytelling, we go into open conversation. And so it'll be like Ian Chillen. He'll be like, dude, this story about the giraffe, like, how did you find out about this? And then we'll, you know, open conversation. So that we'll have, like, members-only stuff. I'm so excited for this. It's going to be so it. cool. You're doing a lot of cool stuff, man. I appreciate uh, hopefully, that. Um, there's, like, a story about birds disappearing. So you guys hear about the racing pigeons disappearing? No. Yeah. They released 9,000 racing pigeons. Oh, yeah, yeah. 5,000 vanished. And they, they, they release them, and then they wait for them to come home and see who wins. And they were like maybe a solar storm screw with their magneto perception or whatever. But there's other stories around the world right now of other birds, migratory birds, like not showing up. Hmm. And so we got a mystery on our hands. Like what's going on with these bird disappearances? And then you you always have these weird stories about like birds falling from the sky, just like in large numbers. Yeah. Like just like dying. So we'll 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 have like a full in in depth like investigation into like these these mysteries. It's gonna be a lot of fun. Right. I'd like to hear more about that because I got my theories about the birds. And the I birds. would like to interview a bird. Uh, I, I I wonder if the cats have finally come up with a plan and now they've they've done it. They've got the birds. They're all sitting there at the windows chattering, and then finally the plans come to fruition and the birds are just getting taken out one by one. It's a mass. It's like Order sixty six but for cats. Yeah. yeah, the cats will have their revenge. <laughs> Music DC guy. Says the Star Trek episode was people who were ruled by the computer and they did know, but had a decree like the purge they had to do. Hmm. Interesting. Whoa, this is crazy. Nine-tailed fox says, Tim, I got drunk. Am eating raspberries in the woods while watching. Oh gosh. Did you get drunk from the raspberries? Because <laughs> so I just I, so why I, are you in the woods? Yeah. <laughs> this you want to hear the craziest thing? So yeah. I thought we had raspberries on the property because like our neighbor was like you know this, this guy who's not too far away was like there are. Uh, wild raspberries all over here. And so I walked around and sure enough, there's a bunch of little red berries. Turns out they're wine berries. They're not raspberries, but they're basically the same thing. They taste very similar. They're delicious. We also got blackberries, mulberries. We got pawpaw trees. Dude. We got pawpaw growing outside. There's been, Tim made some amazing, was it goat cheese with red wine berry and. Yeah, it was ooh. not red wine berry. Well, they're red, but it was a uh, goat cheese wine berry jalapeno. Right from the property, man. And we have these apples. Not the goats though. The no, goat cheese. Oh, yeah, was, the goats, no. We, we, we Ian's like eating the dip with a spoon. It was so good. I'm like, I'm going to put this <laughs> on this. It was like an apple crumble from local apples on the crab property. Crab apple crumble. It's so it's good. Allison's oh, crab man. apple crumble. And mm, we, and then uh, Allison and I made wild berry chicken. We that took the good. wild berries. We cooked them down with some sugar and some lemon, just like like a jam, and then we tossed a little bit of it into like a garlic garlic fried chicken. So it was amazing. I'm so hungry right now. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> dude. There might be more. Just I'm I'm bringing that up just because like having your own food, being out of a city, 
You know what's the craziest thing is? This app, these app, we got like three apple trees right next to the house, just right, right outside. You, you don't sure? got you, you could eat for, for weeks if you ate nothing but apple. You'd probably get sick of them, but there's just like hundreds of them. There's a bush next to it with probably like three, four hundred blackberries on it. Oh I'm like, we gotta hire someone just to like forage for us. That's but we're gonna do time. a, you know what we're gonna do? I ordered a soft serve machine and we're gonna take the wine berries and we're gonna mix them with vanilla and make wine berry ice cream so you can just like, you know, make a little like, does it, does it like mash cream. it all together for you in the machine? Or do yeah, you yeah, mash yeah, yeah. Oh, it'll nice. turn it all up and everything and then it'll come out and you'll have like this nice, Berry ice cream, it's gonna be so, it's gonna be so amazing. So, uh, Mulberries are legit too. We get somebody so to can some of them as well. Oh, that's good. You know, because yeah. a lot will go to waste unless, you know, I mean, I would assume you could, you could feed some of that to the chickens, but like, Tim Cass like old fashioned mulberry jam. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And With those like apples. The cap would be a beanie that you would unscrew. Yeah. yeah, so pawpaws, they're like, they taste like avocado and mango combined. You can't buy those or mulberries because they're too delicate to ship. Mm, but wow. what I, you should, I, I wonder why people don't like, can you buy mulberry jam? Cause that's easy. You just think take so. it, you cook it down and we got, we got. Papa makes really good ointment as well. Really? Yeah. We got, we have this, we have this, we have a massive tree. It's like 60, no, maybe what is it like 40 feet tall. You walk underneath it and you just shake a branch and like 300 mulberries just fall into it. You know, you, you put a blanket down or something. It's amazing. All right. Anyway, Christian Montague says, Tim, please keep up with the Stargate references. I've been watching the series in chronological order ever since you mentioned it, and I've been hooked. Much love to Lids and Ian. Yeah, somebody mentioned that because I was like, Star Trek, Star Trek, and they're like, watch Stargate. And I'm like, okay, and what a good show. This is SG-1, the show? Yeah. I saw the movie with, jeez, uh, who was in the movie? movie was kind of whack. Yeah, I loved it. I saw it in the 90s or whatever. That was one with Kurt Russell and... Uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, what's his name from later he was on The Office? Oh, um... Amazing actor. Yeah. Actually, one of my favorite actors of all time. The main like scientist going through yeah. was the guy from The Killing yeah. Zoe, I think. Amazing actor. Yeah. I thought that movie was weird, but I love being, the idea of un- discovering a portal and traveling. I mean, I don't know why I'm obsessed with dimensional traveling. Have you seen the Stargate in Peru? I've heard about it's it. It's like a little notch cut out of a, uh, of a of a big rock. This is like ancient civilizations believed it was a real Stargate, mm-hmm. and they would like sit. Would they go inside of it, and like their consciousness would be teleported? It, I mean, no one really knows. There's a lot of theories, but I mean, there's even Cree uh, elders Wilford Buck saying that you know the the star people came long ago to tell our people how to travel the cosmos and gave us maps of the cosmos, and we do that through our DNA and wormholes. So I mean, like this is a Cree, <laughs> you know, like up in Canada, north of the the Great Lakes, elder talking about this is what their people have always known. So. Maybe. Do we mix up Blackstone and Blackrock? So Blackrock, I believe, was the first one. Oh, no, no. Yeah, Blackstone is buying entity and Blackstone is buying houses. Mm. Somebody was mentioning, they said it was Blackrock. One came from the other. Yeah. But they're uh, both active. Yeah. So like, and they're both right next to each other in New York, like 1985, oh. uh, you know, Black Blackrock. And I think Blackstone split from it. Larry Fink went off the start Blackstone, and then Blackstone got far larger. I think $619 billion is BlackRock, $8.7 trillion is Blackstone. You know, I think it's the other way around, and I could be wrong about that, but I heard BlackRock, State Street, and uh, there's another one, are the top three investment firms on Earth, hmm. a BlackRock. But 
BlackRock's the one buying the homes, right? No, no, no it's Blackstone. Yeah, that's, that's so Blackstone? confusing. That is on purpose. Look mm. at how similar those company names are. Well, they came from one another. Blackstone bought Ancestry, and Blackstone is buying homes. Yeah, one company. That's what it is, Blackstone. Okay. All right, so we got uh, Mr. Dubs Astro says, when speaking with Michael Knowles, you mentioned rebuilding Chicken City. Is there a chance for a Make Chicken City Great Again shirt? I'd buy that for sure. Oh yeah, we want to do shirt designs. Here's what I imagine: we have seven chickens. Well, we have six chickens and a rooster, and I want to have like a, like a blue, like a yellow circle with a blue outline, and then the chicken's head in the middle, mm-hmm. and it'll say like Team Vanessa and Team Margaret, because then we're just going to put the cameras on and have the chickens do their thing, and then you can buy the shirts for the chicken that you like. If you stare into their eyes, it's like if you ever stare into a human's eyes and they looked like that, you would think they were the deepest psychopath. And it's Bro, like, we had four eggs today. But they're, oh, what, are we, what, are we, what am I even supposed to do with all those eggs? Omelette. Custard? Omelette. Custard. Late night omelette. Mulberry custard. Mulberry custard. Wine berry. We got blackberries coming. Probably in the next couple of days, we're going to have hundreds of blackberries. And we could probably freeze it if we need to. Make yeah. A lot yeah, of yeah, yeah, yeah. We should make jams and stuff and preserves and all that stuff. I'm stoked. We, we should probably start act- actively harvesting the, the, the apples and the mulberries. Because mm. we, it's, it's nuts. Like you talk to the people around here and they complain about mulberries. You drive down the street, the road is just dyed purplish black uh. because there are trees that hang over the road and it's just insane how many berries there are. But you could walk right up. You when they're when they're ripe, you just touch it and it just just put it in your mouth. You eat them; they're delicious. Yeah, almost like kiwi. And we're talking about food shortages coming. Isn't that weird? Not for me, though, dude. We got chickens. I know. And now, uh, big news: Roberto has started. You know. You know what I'm saying? Cheeky, and, cheeky. Uh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> I just call him Bob. Bob, him that's Bob. right. He started yelling. Bobby. You know, he was, he was yelling. It was funny. At first, he was going, <laughs> and we would laugh at him. And now he's, he's going, <laughs> going through puberty. And we're uh, like, hey, look at this clear. guy. You know? He clear his voice. He yells randomly and like 15 times in a row. And we're like, bro, we get, but he's got to practice. He's got Tourette's. I heard he's practicing. <laughs> I heard chicken. I heard like bok bok from my side of the house earlier today. My side of the house. Um, but like, was it? Turkeys, wild turkeys out there. Yeah, yeah, okay. probably turkeys. The, the, wi- the wild turkeys are walking around all the time. Oh, nice. But you may have just heard homeboy yelling. It was, it was weird. It didn't sound like the right area of the yard, so I don't know. Sure, yeah. Gobble, gobble. I'm hoping it's turkeys. All right, Mandamar says, if you're into Earth catastrophe cycle rabbit hole, a good view is the channel Suspicious Observers. I know it's verboten to suggest guests, but eh, you know, whatever. Powder PZ says, Tim, please make an app so we can watch member content on Roku. Yes. Uh, we're working towards it. A mobile app so that you can listen to the members only content with your phone, uh, you know, with your screen off and, uh, Roku. It, it's called OTT. It's called over the top. We're, we're going as fast as we can. All of these things are in the pipeline. The first things first, the new website. I'll tell you this, man. You know, we had so many people sign up. It's an absurd amount of members. And so I went to these companies and I was like, is it possible to just pay a ton of money to have this stuff done in like a week? And they were like, no, like no matter you, you can't because people are literally coding the more cooks in the kitchen, the more messy it gets. Mm. And then instead of actually someone just going through it and doing the job, you have people arguing over like, what, what, what is this code? What did you put? It's bugging now. I, I don't know what happened. Ugh, we we got to go back. There's only so much you can do and only so much, you know, only as fast as you can go, but we're getting there. So ladies and gentlemen, if you haven't already, you must smash the like button. We greatly appreciate it. Subscribe to this channel and go to TimCast.com. Become a member because we are going to have the dark members only segment coming up. Should be live around 11 or so. And uh, it'll be available for members of TimCast.com. You can follow us at TimCastIRL on Facebook and Instagram. Good news. Facebook has determined that this show is unoriginal 
and unworthy of being monetized on their platform. Well, sure, whatever. We'll still leverage that platform to get more people to the website. And you can follow me personally at TimCast. You want to shout anything out, Ben? Yeah, just find me at benjosephstewart.com. I got my own news show. I do podcasts on Thursdays. Um, I also do a deeper dive section on stuff I can't talk about on YouTube. And, um, yeah, the YouTube channel is uh, youtube.com backslash by chance or fate. And you can find my news channels. I just talked about the uh, the whole housing thing. Yeah, and your ancient ancient documentaries, your documentaries from like a decade ago, are still fascinatingly topical, like um, Esoteric Agenda, Chimatica, mm-hmm. Ungrip, those three particularly. Yeah, there's a lot in Esoteric Agenda that's coming to fruition to, to today, like what we're seeing today. We'll we'll get into that in the members section. Oh part. yeah, it's gonna be so, fun. BenJosephStewart.com. A lot of <clears throat> excuse me, a lot of people will recognize the title about what we're going to talk about. The first question I have, but. YouTube doesn't allow it. So mm-hmm. same ready. thing with Bannon. The first thing I said to Bannon in the, when we did the members only with Bannon, I just immediately said the thing YouTube doesn't allow you to, to say Bannon gave his response. So anyway, we got to do, we got to do. Look, it's, it's, it's pros and cons. Once we have the website up, we're going to have op-ed writers. We're going to have news writers. So even if we can't say it on the show, the website's going to have a lot of topics and talk about serious things. And it's going to be legit double fact checked. No, no jokes. Like I'm not the kind of person. Who's going to go find like some random doctor in Wisconsin to say what I want to hear about a medication. We're going to be like, you know, this organization, that organization says this, the FDA says this, the CDC says this, and we want people to be personally responsible. We just wanted to have as much information as possible. Thank you, Tim. Call them into their higher potential so they can make their decision. Yeah. Don't look at me, man. I don't want to get sued when you drink soap or something. You know what I mean? Hey, and while you're at it, not doing everything healthy, I mean, um, follow my, me on the internet at iancrossland.net and at iancrossland on social media. Thanks. Mm-hmm. And you guys may also follow me on Twitter at SourPatchLids. Go over to TimCast.com and we will see you in the bonus segment coming up shortly. Bye, guys. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.